bit Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben Spoonani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long trots. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. So, yeah, there's no song for you this week. Sorry about that. Um, although we have been singing. Everywhere you go. <laughs> she's everywhere you go. But I have them not nervous. I have them serious. <laughs> Not for them stay, so. I love that song so much. <laughs> Literally, as you were saying, it's quite violent, but I love that, you know, when they sing the songs, they make it sound like it's a love song. Yeah, yeah. That's my favourite um, when it comes to Dexter Daps. Like, he'll be singing a song, telling you how you're going to get your whole family shot up, and it just sounds amazing. I'm like, yes. wow, wonderful. With Thanks be- so much. With beautiful melodies. I yeah. think my favourite one is Breaking News, and he's just he's telling you in a loving way, poison him. <laughs> Poison the one that you love. Just yeah. lots of violence. But um, yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome hello, to hello. another week of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck, suck your mom. And it's me, Koechi. With me, Sadiq, on a Saturday. On a Saturday. Weird. Yeah, because I've got to do filming tomorrow with Kevin Morosky. So we're we'll finally Kevin. filming more time. Yes. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be wonderful. How did the fundraiser go for that? It went well. It went well. I just think that, you know, it's a time when people are like going through it. So maybe they couldn't give the way that they wanted to give. But we got, you know, we got quite a lot. Yeah, we got quite a lot of support. And um, I know that the producer who's working on it, Sunita, then went and kind of tried to source extra funds for us. But it's going to look amazing. And I'm just glad that it's going to be out there like this amazing piece of work. Yeah, looking forward to it. Very exciting. Um. So, yeah, well, let's just um, jump straight into the tarot then. So um, the tarot for this week, I just put it to spirit. Like, what are the messages that we need? The first card that came out is the Five of Cups. Like, some people seem to be dwelling in a space of disappointment. Like, nothing feels right. Like, you have so many things and you're just like, well, no, it still doesn't quite feel right. It feels like a message ongoing from last week as well. So some people are just in that zone of just being really, really disappointed. And some people... It might be a case of like you went up for a promotion or you applied for a job and you didn't quite get it. And so you are disappointed, but you're looking at the three cups, not looking at the two cups. The fact that you're still a rascal G, like you're still going to be able to go on and do so many things. Like, so definitely feel the emotions. No one's trying to tell you to suppress what you feel. Feel what you feel, but also understand because the next card that came out is temperance and it's beautiful having that angel there with one foot in the water, one foot on the land and the sun in the background. And we've also got the sunflower there on the side as well and her beautiful red wings. And I just think that this is reminding you that um, everything has its place and time, like, and everything is about balance. You're not going to win all of the things. You're not going to get all of the things, but the things that you do get were always meant for you. And just just understand that that what's meant for you, what's destined for you will not pass you by. And there's no one that can block your blessings. They can try to delay it, but no motherfucker can block your blessings. Like you'll go on and you'll do what you need to do in one way or another. I think about myself and the number of ways that people behind the scenes, because I had to block someone a little while ago, 
Um, you don't know when you're trying to block someone's blessings, how it's going to get back to them. So you're in that boardroom thinking you're badass, not knowing who knows who. And then the conversation always comes back to the person. And even if it doesn't come back to the person, God's watching you, boo. God's watching you. So even if it feels like, oh, you know, there might be people that are that feel like they're in some way like trying to frustrate your process and trying to frustrate your glow up. It's only their own glow up that they'll frustrate. It's only their life and the life of their lineage that they're going to fucking frustrate, not yours. And, you know, that's why it always makes me giggle when you lot DM me when I post something um, that's, you know, celebratory. And you're like, remember when somebody said to you that you're not a household name? That's what you lot need to remember about this card. Like, that stupid motherfucker said it's not like you're a household name looking with look, looking like dry bogey all around your nose. It's not like you're a household name. Now, look, because when you do clownery, the clown always comes back to buy. Yes, baby. Kalechi, you're not a household name. Who said that? Who said that? We're all here still wondering. Who said that to me? But they know who they are. You know who you are. And I'm just out here still doing the things. Since you said that, look at all the things that I've done. You see how you just use your mouth to fumble yourself. Just absolutely fumble yourself. But we move. And the reason that we say that is like, there's a balance. There's a time for all things. And your 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 path is divinely guided. And even if you believe it or not, your path is divinely guided. You just want to make sure that you're staying on the path and you're not veering off. Because the next card that's here is the nine of pentacles. This is talking about longevity. This is talking about the kind of you know success and peace of mind that will go with you into your um old age god willing like you will have the things that will be able to um go beyond you and your physical form that's what you're aiming for and that is what's destined for you and the next card is the wheel of fortune that comes out so we've got two major arcana cards here which are basically saying that the wheel is um the wheel of fortune is starting to turn in your favor you'll see that momentum is going to pick up with the things that are happening so you're disappointed about this thing yeah 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 be disappointed i feel it for you but just understand that divine timing means that anytime anytime anywhere god can bless you i gotta dream big because when it happens it's gonna happen real quick i gotta move fast was it I think that was the way it was. Yeah. But anyway, we were, Jasmine, we there. Yeah. <laughs> but Jasmine Sullivan was saying some words there. She was saying some things because you've got to dream big because when it happens, it's going to happen real quick. Like all it takes is a moment. All it takes is a moment and your life is changed forever. So rather than being down and dejected about the three spilled cups, remember that you've got two cups behind you and at any moment someone can bring lots more cups. Yeah. So just be prepared because it's never, never, ever too late for the things that you want in your life to come to you. I don't care if you're 40, 50, 60, fucking 102. If God says, yeah, your time is now, then your time is now and nobody can chat, all right? And then a card that comes out from the spiritual seasoning for the soul deck is what is the rush? Imagine that, look at that. What is the rush? Because when we get impatient and when we get down about certain things that aren't, aren't happening for us, it's because we're working and we're thinking about time and, and time being a human construct. We're confining ourselves to time and not trying to really think beyond it. And this is reminding you that what's the rush? Because um, in the spiritual realm, they don't see time the way that we see time. So that means that the things that look like it's around the corner to them, might be five years for you. I'm not saying it's five years for you now, but it could. It was five years to this point, right? Um, and it's just going to happen like that. But everything can happen at the blink of an eye is what I'm saying. So don't try to rush yourself. Don't try to force the process because it actually means that you're not taking in right now what's happening 
around you like there's beauty in this moment too i know that you're trying to rush to the things drag me lord i know that you're trying to rush to the things that you think signify your success and you want to see those things materialize but what about this moment what about these moments now like these moments matter too and they'll make a difference from the wisdom of the soul oracle deck we've got number four and it says here higher power I love that. It says here, this card reminds you that you are more than a person trying to get... Oh, look, look at that. This card reminds you that you are more than a person trying to get ahead and make things happen for yourself and others. You have an immortal soul and are gifted with a human life through which a higher power can express itself. At this time, you need to be conscious of your connection to spirit and foster it through prayer and meditation. Ask, what is the highest good for all? how can i serve then get out of your own way and trust that there is a plan for your life it's like i fucking told you this um more wondrous than you can ever know you are always protected and what divinely directed is what it says in the rascal book like i just said it <laughs> anyway it goes on to say relationship message it's time to address how much effort you give to your relationship with your higher power called god goddess spirit or any other name that is sacred and holy recognize that your partnership with spirit is your number one priority the appearance of this card also indicates that there is a deep spiritual bond between you and another person who is essential to your growth and evolution tend to your spiritual connections and remain aware of your true nature prosperity message says sometimes your work just flows through you ideas come rushing in and inspiration bubbles up from a wellspring you didn't even know you could access when you enter agreements, begin projects and negotiate deals with spirit as your partner, you will always succeed. Okay, see, I just want to pause here and say, spirit, you're being really, really rude because I didn't ask for a public dragging. But honestly, I'm saying this to you all now. Omar, pray before you sign that contract. <laughs> pray before you get into those agreements and pray that God brings you destiny helpers that can help you dissect a contract. You might think that you know a contract through and through, you know, and da, 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 da get you around some people that really really know contracts because they'll clock some things that you didn't even clock because when you don't clock them two months down the line some motherfuckers are asking you to do something and you really 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 don't want to do it but because you overlooked that fucking thing now you have to do the thing okay so just be aware <laughs> anyway um let your higher power lead the synchronicities and intuitive nudges you feel will help you see which way you are being pointed giving you confidence to move forward in the right direction don't forget to give credit where credit is due you wouldn't be a success without spirit's guidance Whew, i know that's right humility will serve you well when this symbol appears protection message here says now is the time to examine what you are giving energy and attention to in the back of your mind. If you're obsessing about being right, about old resentments or failed expectations, five of cups, um, about money or about any other people, places or things, these will be the source from which you create. But you want spirit to be your source. Take heart for your higher power will never desert you and is always waiting for you to remember the sacred partnership you share turn away from other sources of power that don't serve your highest good there is no greater source than spirit you can always surrender your troubles and trust that um they will be taken care of you are in good hands i love that that is that is the message for this week i just i just love it so much Ooh, who said that <laughs> <laughs> so perfect absolutely perfect <laughs> 
Honestly, when spirit says that, you need to listen. Absolutely. You need to perfect. listen. Because... I think some people were quite... Um, I mean, what, how did you find the responses to your BAFTA announcement? They were um, quite surprised, weren't they? They were very, very surprised. They were overwhelmed. And I just hate... You know what? Like, I just feel like sometimes I feel a bit sad that, you know, I live in a world where I can't just share my accomplishments or I can share these achievements or these little milestones. I can't really just share them willy-nilly. I have to wait for the right place and time mm-hmm. because so many bad belly people are out there. And it's not of my imagining. We literally know that they're out there when yep. it comes to me. We like, know them you know, by face and name. Right. Yes. Right. And handle. Um, <laughs> so, so for that reason, I'm very careful. But, and I noticed that I didn't even post it on Twitter because mm-hmm. I feel like that's really where the bad belly resides. Yes. Where they'll now start quote tweeting and wanting to do critical, um, critical thinking uh, around, around your post. Let me tell you, people are so horrible. I was even like, don't you even find yeah that the introduction of quote tweets has just kind of, change the direction of twitter a little bit but that's why i think that is it jace not J- what's his name jack jake drop jack dorset jack, jack. jack. Yep. yeah he so was <laughs> <laughs> jack was saying that they were considering getting rid of it because it just means that people just move too shady with it I and think... then the people with private accounts as well when you know that you've been quote tweeted and you can't see <laughs> i actually got that the other day i must have said something like <laughs> it was actually a little bit mean of me but i was feeling the type of way yeah i must have said something like the nastiest and meanest people oh yes yes will come ones, and complain yeah. about social anxiety i hope that anxiety really eats you up because you're nasty <laughs> and you're mean and let me tell you these social anxiety people yeah you're only socially anxious because you're scared someone's gonna punch you in your face <laughs> like they should anyways that's, that's besides the point i tweeted this right just off the cuff i tweeted it i see like three quote tweets why can't i see any of the quote tweets no. so you did <laughs> private accounts are roasting me they're dealing with me but no my issue with quote tweets anyways is that i noticed they can really change i'm very violently change the direction oh. of an original tweet yes yes like yeah. it's actually yeah. really mad i was even we were even just saying like how funny it is like all right cool so someone posts the girl, she posts a picture. Maybe she's got uh, a full power. What are you guys calling it? She's got a full power, but she's feeling confident. She posts her picture. She does. She's not captioning anything relating to her. She's just, she's just looking hot, sexy, right? And she's captioning it "sunny day." Then someone could quote to it and say, "Oh yeah, more body types like this, please." <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's not why I post the picture. I love your confidence in this picture. No matter what you look like, ladies. <laughs> No matter what you look like, lady, celebrate yourself. The person who posted the picture will be like, what the fuck? Like, what, what did you do? Or, or the worst one is, the worst one that I've seen is, oh, ladies, take no. We don't need to have flat stomachs. I'm like, Jesus, you guys are really... But yeah, no, quote tweets, I think we need. they need to do something about it. Like, fair enough, you can control who... But you can't control who quote tweets. Yeah. I, I would look if I could control who can't quote tweets, are there particular at names that I will put onto that list yeah. and say, I do not ever want you to quote tweet me? Yeah, yeah, but true. yeah, um, yeah, I just feel like it's one of those ones where, like you were saying, like if you had tweeted that, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've just been made. Um, a member, a of, member BAFTA, of BAFTA, then it will be, um, I think that at some point we all need to sit down and have a true conversation about how these institutions are validating our work. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you because isn't this your 50th Arts Council grant? <laughs> <laughs> 
you'll be chopping to... grants left, right, and centre. You'll be chopping grants behind the scenes, getting all this money from these institutions. Then I'll post something, and then suddenly that's the time that we all need to yeah. sit down and talk about it. Fuck off. Honestly, fuck off. Like I said in my post, like... go slow wine on a knife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> always got time. And like because I saw somebody tweet the other day, and people were kind of dealing with them when they were like, "Oh, we need to talk about the eco fascists that are posting." You know, black Twitter who or um. Black Instagrammers who post their plants and rare, 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 rare. And um, how that's, you know, part of eco-fascism. We're, we're not looking after the environment. We're just doing this and doing that. And I just thought to myself, like, <sighs> I see the point you're trying to make. Don't get me wrong. I get what you're trying to say. However, can't black people just enjoy things? Like, they've, deci- they've decided that they like plants and want plants in their home. Can't they just enjoy it? Oh, my God. Let a nigga live. Oh anything it's like oh and when we're talking about luxury this shouldn't be the luxury that we're talking about in a capitalist sense again i get your argument completely but at the same time let people just let people enjoy things let people enjoy things okay like i sometimes i see things and i just think i personally wouldn't do that but you know what i feel like you're having the time of your life so, so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna shut the fuck up right. i'm going to shut and the I fuck feel like up we, people like us do that all the time there's i don't think you could you would ever find me calling anyone out on like no. you decided to get a malona manolo blanick shoe okay okay all right do you do you me personally that's not what i want to do but you do you but i'm still here chasing down them jw anderson's in case you know anyone out there is, is aware of where i can get them because now they're just sold out in my size because so you know when you get. snooze you fucking lose mm-hmm. okay but um you know there are some things and i think that there's balance like let people enjoy things like you could go and do radical radical and just let other people enjoy things go and gather your people together and you be radical over there yes. and we'll join you eventually but let us just have some fun over here right now yes. right baby girls and baby boys and baby non-binaries this amen amen and we haven't had the um national anthem for a while so i'll just think it now um because of the bafta celebrations just a baby girl (laughs) in a baby world yeah thank you so much (laughs) the vocals were vocalizing (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no i'm i'm really glad to be a member and to be a full voting member what and you know i feel like it's important to be transparent in these situations because i bet you lot if I had applied, or more, if I had gone to apply, I'm sure what we would see is, dear Kalechi, thank you so much for your application. Unfortunately, at this time, you don't quite meet the requirements. This is what I'm telling you about when you wait. Let God do the thing. You just keep doing what you're doing. Be consistent with it. And, and the requirements your... will meet you. Ah! There you go. The requirement. I am now the requirement. How about that? There you go. How about that? Here. I am now the requirement right and so it's those things are important like you'll be put with people your destiny helpers will find you who will just be able to sidestep the team and be like boom this is the person that we want to um, invite into this fold and they'll just do you know they'll do just that because i'm sure when i announced it people would have been like in their whatsapp group chats like but kelechi but what has she done? I haven't seen her in anything major. I haven't. I swear seen she's it. an activist. Right. Isn't she just an activist? So, yeah, you know. Um, but she's just got a podcast. Like, she just makes these videos. She's just ranting on social media. How does she make it? You don't need to worry about that, hater. Hater. Don't worry about it, darling. <laughs> but no, most and pretty much everyone was so nice. They were so, lovely. You know, you've got My good vibes around you. So All I, I want is good vibes. I don't know that song, though. Mo Logo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. 
but no, I think it's 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 lovely, like the amount of support you got, and I think people were genuine. Even those that are happy were probably still a bit confused. Fair enough, they were yeah. like, "Oh, how did you talk about still? I'm still happy for her." But like, but that's what I want, and this is really the point that I'm trying to impress upon us all. Yeah, like the glory of God in our life will leave people confused. It will leave people confused. Even the people that are writing for you, they will genuinely be like, "Okay, Damn, I don't blessed. know, I don't know," because I pray all the time, and I pray over the lives of everybody that listens to this, and it's not bad mindedness if you are bad minded i wish diarrhea upon you but if you're not bad minded i pray upon you that the the impossibilities that people see will become a possibility for you the the ways that people and people will be confused in the best way as to how you got to where you got to because they'll be like uh but that is god showing up in your life and that's the prayer that i say over myself that the way that people will see god manifest in my life will be from me being who exactly who the fuck i am and doors opening for me and my my path just being cleared before me the path that you told me that i would not be able to go down because i'm too loud i'm too black i'm too black woman i'm too this i'm too that i will go i'll be skipping and hopping and no motherfucker will stop me amen here we are and that's on what jesus had red wine (laughs) (laughs) i was not expecting that but anyway, let's get to share your um, magnificence. And after that, I will do the um, um, shout out our first sponsor for this week, who are um, Wild. We are Wild. That sh- they're wonderful um, natural deodorant. But I'll speak about that shortly. So we've got a letter. Well, we've got quite a few letters. I'm so sorry if I haven't gotten to your letter yet. You know what I'm like. What am I like? Who's I'll get to it. Are we sharing today? Dear Kelechi, I love you very much. I cannot ever adequately account in words for how much you have given me since I found you and how much you continue to give me now. Every single tarot reading you have done has contained the exact message I've needed at exactly the right time. Thank you. Here are just some of the wonderful miracles you have helped bring into the world. In no uncertain terms, since last June, you have helped me completely reevaluate, deconstruct and reconstruct my experience of gender and my egoic self. Aided the acceleration of my spiritual development by a matter of centuries, perhaps more deepened my relationship with life as a whole reawakened sexually and emotionally make sense of being embrace my divine nature especially the feminine realize unity with my true self return to source you have granted me access to the infinite and as such you have given me everything no worldly gift could ever suffice to compensate instead i would like to offer you something far more precious i would like to <laughs> I would like to give you my soul. <laughs> in, in addition, I would like to give you access to all of my energy, as much as you need, whenever you need, for whatever reason. What's mine is yours. It is the least I can do. I also have a request. I am a director, a writer, and an actor. I have been told I am quite talented, though fear has kept me from cultivating these talents. I am, however, thanks in large part to you, emerging from my cocoon, as I'm coming into and out of myself, I recognise I want desperately to work with some with you, um, desperately to work with you someday, um, when the time is right. I have a feeling we could have a remarkable partnership, one that I am um, that could contribute to the rapid awakening of the human world. I do not know when the time will be ripe for such a partnership. Perhaps it's now, but I may um, as well plant the seeds. This is why I asked you to read my name aloud in a different letter back in December. You may do so again at the end if you like. P.S. Sadiq, J. 
just because this letter is addressed to Kalechi doesn't mean you haven't played that you've played a, any less of a role in my life. Jesus. I love you both. <laughs> Your friend and baby non-binary forever, Eric Daniels, soon to be Erica Ainsley. Oh, love you, Eric. Eric, baby person big up yourself baby big up yourself we will we will work together to, um, one day you know you've put it out there now so it's 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 the thing and i've held that in my heart i want you to hold on to your soul yeah the only person that can have our soul is source <laughs> i want you to hold on to yourself but i don't i want you to also understand how much your message means to me like that touched me so so deeply because if for nothing, I, you know what I really enjoy about this podcast is like, if you don't know about it, you don't know what you're missing out on. I mean, lots of podcasters could say that, but I'm talking about like in the terms of the life changing work that we're doing together as a collective, like so many people are missing out on it because they're just like, oh, I don't listen to podcasts or I only listen to this kind of podcast. They're genuinely missing out on the growth that we're doing as a community. And I, and however many thousands and thousands of you that there are that listen to me, like, we are doing that growth together wherever we are in the world. If you're hearing drilling, it's because people are, you know, working and we're recording on a Saturday. But that's why your message means so much to me, because I pray that that's what's happening with so many people wherever they are. Even how Sadiq ended up on the podcast. Remember, remember earlier episodes when I would be saying to you, like, oh, I really want to get my baby brother on. I really want to get him on the show. But he's busy and he's done doing this and doing that only for Korokoro to then be the thing that kind of brings us into this space. And he's been able to, you know, um, affect your life so positively in the way that he's impacted mine. So I love that for all of us. Yes, that was such a nice letter. Yeah, it was really, really beautiful. I love that people really take the time to sit down and compose (laughs) it. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, And so the uh, thank you. Thank you, Eric. Two slaps on your chest. Thank you for being so wonderful. Um, so the next letter, well, no, not the next, 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 ugh, not the next letter. Um, we've seen that um thing that Jaden Smith is doing. I just think Jaden Smith and Willow Smith are just so great. They are good children. Okay, I'll be honest. I think they're weird, but I think they're weird like on a like on a rich vibe. Yeah, like if you were to know them, you would find them weird. But just in terms of their image, I like Willow's my favorite. Willow's always been my favorite. Yeah. But when she came out with I with my, my hair, hair back and forth, I with my, my hair, hair back and forth. The confidence that she had in that video, yeah. she set the bar. But yeah, so Jaden Smith has um, started a new restaurant. He's starting a new restaurant. Or yes. You, what's the article? So it says here that, um, let me just um, bring it up. Why is it showing me something else? This drilling is mad. I don't even know. But this is what Peckham's turning into. Everyone's doing homeworks and renovations and turning their homes into like three million pound homes. Mm-hmm. From um, 250k. From 250k, you know, and then they're saying all of us blacks get out. Um, yeah, so I think that that's interesting. I can't even see what I saw about Jaden. Um, but, um, uh, I'll read it from here. It says here, is this on loud? Of course it's on loud and it's ringing everywhere. Um, so it says here, two years ago, Jaden Smith launched the I Love You food truck to distribute food to the homeless in Los Angeles uh, Skid Row area. Now, the actor slash musician and philanthropist will open an I Love You restaurant. It's for homeless people to get free food, says Smith, whose um, 5013.org um, um, water box project <clears throat> to provide access to clean water to under, under undeserved community underserved communities um is featured in new balances um new we've got 
now video campaign. I'm reading that very weirdly. But if you're not homeless, not only do you um, have to pay, but you have to pay for more than the food's worth so that you can pay for the person behind you. That that's is fair. It, it is fair. It's a good initiative. And my thing is that, like, I think you hear that and you're like, why do I have to pay more? You don't have to go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> go to the restaurant. Simple. Simple. You don't have to go, okay? Like, I just want people... Because you know you're always going to get those naysayers. You're yeah. Gonna, so I just want people to know you do not have to go. But for those who are willing to go, I think it's a, fant- I think it's a really, really good idea. I mean, I look at the... As a business model... Yes. I'm like, okay, where are we going to go with this? Because ideally you're looking for a certain type of people. You're looking for a certain group of people, right, who are good for it. Not only good to spend money on food, but good to spend more than they should. But they, but they, but they exist. And we're talking about Los Angeles and where well, like, yeah. the, the homelessness is so rife. But then the people who are rich are fucking rich. Right. And, and he would know those people. And because of his image and what he does, those people would also want to come through to where this is. To support. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally get it. But then I'm thinking again of, as a business model, so restaurants open seven days a week. Yeah. I'm not saying they won't work. Yeah. I just really, I want to know the ins and outs. Like, you know, how we, how is he going to maintain football? Where is this going to be? Like, even, it's going to be on Skid Row where they, they where, are anyway. Where, right? where there's loads of yeah, yeah, four where, people. Yeah, yeah and, um, you know, and the people that need this the most. So he's literally going to be where they are and then people can come there. You know, it makes it's such a difference. You know why I think that this is so important, what Jaden is doing? It's because we've got that fucking idiot, Caitlyn Jenner, walking about saying that, oh, her friends are moving out of the area because there's just so much homelessness in um california in los angeles there's just so much homelessness that they can't live there anymore and this is why she wants to run for governor talking like a fucking prick right and then on the and that's somebody that's got money for days like right. caitlin jenner's not going to run out of money anytime caitlin soon jenner has bruce jenner money right like, literally, still. literally. <laughs> like you're good you're yes. good forever you're good forever your children are good forever and they've even got their own money now so i think that while you're there fretting about the homeless people you're not doing anything to help them but you're talking about how your friends can't stand it and they're having to move but just on that though just quickly Mm. on that you've you've been to LA once no not yet oh gosh yeah right it's shocking it actually is shocking it's It's shocking sis because it's like like the image you see of LA like just like watching TV or even when I was fucking watching the hills I love the hills so much yeah you just think to yourself all right cool Maybe not so much black, but yeah. loads of white, rich people. Everyone's well-to-do, all of this, all of that. Yeah. I remember the last time I went to LA, I've been three times now. Yeah. The last time I went, um, I was staying somewhere around Sunset Boulevard. Yes. There's like loads of like nice different restaurants. And I was just so shocked to see poor people sitting outside of these restaurants. But it's so weird that they're, they're edited out in these pictures wow. and these videos that you don't see them at all, like on TV. But then yeah. when you... When you're there, live right and you're like, oh my God, you're just, and people are just walking past them oh and it's hot. Oh. And like, you could just tell they're so out of place. Wow. So I feel like people's frustration with them is that how they ruin the aesthetic, not that they are actually human beings in need of. In need of support. Yeah. In the fact that, that you're living this extremely luxurious life that if you were just to balance it out, they wouldn't have to be there on the streets living the way that they live. I just think it's disgusting. But like I say, like it's mad that Caitlyn Jenner would be saying that and people look at, you know, people who um, are houseless and whatever and be like, oh, you need to move out of the way because you're ruining my picture. Instead of you thinking that, how do I go about helping these people so they don't have to be in this situation? Because nobody literally has to be homeless. Literally nobody. When Jeff Bezos and, and, um, and, and Bill Gates 
when they've got all the money that they've got, you cannot tell me that there's a reason for anybody to be homeless. It's crazy. Listen, it's wild. So Absolutely. the fact that Jaden is doing this is that he's showing that there can be another way. And I feel like he's been responsible with the wealth that he's been born into. We can't be flogging people for literally being born into money, but he's showing that he has a community-minded focus. And I appreciate the fact that he's doing it in his own vicinity like his own jurisdiction i would say like where he lives like he's doing it there because so many people are quick bill gates to run to quote unquote africa and be like oh that's where i want to do my philanthropy obviously not saying that we don't need it on um, the continent but we also have to address the very real um, reasons why africa is the way that africa is right but we always talk about the fact that um, america is um they talk, like to talk about third world countries here, third and shithole countries there. America's also a shithole country. It's just got good PR. Yeah. So the America fact, is a third world country. Right. So having somebody like Jaden go like, well, no, these are the problems that I notice in the areas that I'm, the, the area that I'm living in. So I'm going to address this now. And I feel like if we were all working in our immediate areas um, and thinking about not just our immediate areas, but then thinking about the global collective as well and how that would resonate, then I think it changes things up a lot. It does. Well, it would, and I think with Jaden Smith, he's definitely on the right track. And he's people forget how young these lot are. Yeah. He's like what twenty one, twenty two. No, he must be older than that, right? Oh, he's the Willow. Willow's what nineteen. What? Yeah, they're young. Willow Jaden Smith will be about twenty two, twenty three. Oh, maximum twenty. Look this up. Jaden Smith is maximum twenty three. How old is he? Willow twenty two. Yeah, wow. That's right, that's right. And the Willow will be about nineteen. Wow. Yes. Yes, it's just weird when you watch people grow up. It feels like they grow up a lot faster than yeah. you, but they don't really. But yeah, like as 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 a, as um as an actor, I like Jaden as a rapper, not so much. Yeah, okay. Um, as a person, yeah. Good. Yeah, I think uh, as a person, like I think like he's good vibes for doing yeah. these sorts of things. I think that it just really does make a difference. And I, I just to me, it's just not enough to be like, oh guys, have a positive day, love and light. What do you mean love and light? What are you doing to to bring the to love bring and the to, love bring and light. Light, to bring the love <laughs> and then bring the light? Just give me the light and pass the draw. Everybody come tomorrow. You know, I I legit. I legit believe that that is what Sean Paul was saying. Just give me the line and the passage. Oh, everybody come tomorrow. No, that's not what he was saying. I just don't. But then I realized, well, someone, I didn't even realize, someone actually had to say, bust a little bottle, bust a little, bust a little bottle of more. Oh, really? Is that yes. Like, oh, wow. So he's asking everyone to open a bottle of more. Eh? Oh, wow. Bust a little bottle. <laughs> kind of is it? Bust a little bottle of more. Pizza Piper, Pizza Piper. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, big up Jaden Smith. Yes, big up Jaden Smith. Big up Jaden Smith. Big up your mum, Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm sorry to go off topic. I'm interested to know what kind of conversations they had after the August Alcina thing. Whether they had a conversation. Jaden Smith and August Alcina are the same. They're around the same age, you know? Oh, Jesus. And he, he, he hit your arms. He, <laughs> it's just, I just, I just, I could just, I can't imagine the way they greet each other. Like, Jaden, he's, he knows what it feels. I feel Anyways. like you have to do ballet for him after. Yeah, you do. You have to punch straight because it's like he knows what your mum feels like. That's what? crazy. No, no. Now you need to stop. <laughs> now you need to stop. I'm not doing this anymore. 
not doing this anymore. That's crazy. Oh, that I think that's it's wild. Yeah, it's anyways, wild. Moving on. But anyway, Jaden, sorry about that. Two slaps on your chest for doing the wonderful work that you are doing and making the most of the wealth that you have to kind of impact um, and create some change. Um, and the final show, Magnificence, goes out to man like Barry Jenkins for the new Amazon Prime series, um, uh, Underground Railroad. Yes. And I can't wait for you all to check it out. It should be out by now. And um, we came out on the 14th. So literally... Was that yesterday? Yeah, it yep. came out yesterday um, at the time of recording this. So you can now watch it on um, Prime Prime Video. You can watch it. Yes, I've watched the first two eps. Okay, let's talk about episode one. Well, I talk about episode one with Barry Jenkins, but the burning scene, I did not like that. I thought that was just, I thought it was so unnecessary. Right, because we talked about them and, you know, how episode five was a madness. Oh, and so to me, and I, and I actually, when you go ahead and listen to my interview with Barry shortly, I actually bring that up. I say, because some people would say that that's gratuitous violence. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Barry says, yeah, well, you know, it was also about depicting what did actually happen at fine, the time. Fine. And I think it's, I, I, I love an honest projects. Like I love an honest yeah, film, yeah. I love his honest TV show, all of that. But I think it's doing coupled with them and i think it's doing something to me psychologically to see that yeah like i think i just i I don't know i like i have to compare it to the other images i've seen i I just don't think i've seen an image of a white person being burnt up like that whether or not it's during those times or not so it's just it's a very difficult one to confront because yeah i do want people to be honest i do want to see exactly what happened but then because the scene actually showed it. No spoilers here, right? But the scene actually showed it. But, but I'm glad that we moved on from there because then if you've gone to episode two, you've gone to where they are dressed up nicely, right? Well, yeah, they are, yeah. And they're in a new community. Yeah, they're in... They're, that is one yeah. of my favourite episodes. That episode is fucking mad. Like, what when... Um, I'm not going to give anything away, but it just seems too good to be true. Yeah. And then you realise, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what it does is, like, it shows us the different... Each episode pretty much shows you, like, the different manifestations of white supremacy just in wild ways that you wouldn't expect. And episode two feels like a respite from episode one, only for you to then realise that, whoa, episode two is actually mad as well and it's like the insidious ways that when you're not your body's not being controlled one way on this um plantation they're trying to control your body in another way that yeah anyway watch it because it's it, it is it is truly worth um watching and i think that one of the things that i mean i didn't interview anyone um regarding them so i don't know but i don't think it happened the thing with barry jenkins though um when they were making the underground railroad is that they did make sure that there was a psychiatrist on set god so when they had to film that specific scene as well you know they you know they could go and speak and even barry jenkins he talked about it himself as well that there was one scene that they were trying to film and then the psychiatrist pulled him off and was just like you need to come and have a chat with me to make sure that you're okay okay. because you know everybody's in our yeah like i can imagine when you're trying to create a scene all you're worried about is just creating the scene creating the scene but then when it actually you see it it's like even the reactions to it happening it all felt real seeing people's reactions it's just like so they had to check on everybody so they they did feel a strong duty of care to everybody that was um taking part and so as much as yes you know me i keep the same energy i don't like that scene in episode one when you watch it i don't like it at mm-hmm. all especially because i said all the things that i said last week about them right but um when i speak with barry about it you do see that like there is a there are considerations that i just don't think was there for um, that you well, know yeah. for other things yeah oh, yeah yeah um Fine. yeah so you know uh, well let's you know go and chat with 
chat with Barry now anyway, and I'll catch you in a bit. Hi, Barry. Um, it's lovely to be uh, speaking with you. I'm a massive fan of your work, and it's an honour to be one of the first people to actually watch Underground Railroad in the UK, because what you've done with it is absolutely sick. Um, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm looking at the, you, you know, I'll start, I'll, I'll start with the question that just straight off the top that comes to my mind. I watched Moonlight, I watched um, If Bill Street Could Talk, and in there you have a beautiful way of um, talking with us um, through visuals um, about the search or the yearning for freedom. And then we've got something like the Underground Railroad. Um, we've got Underground Railroad that's literally about that, Cora's, um, specifically Cora's yearning, searching for freedom. Um, what draws you to that and what and what is it for you? What is kind of like your own stance, I guess, on, on that yearning, that search for freedom? Yeah, it's interesting. Yearning is the perfect word to, 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 to frame it through. You know, I, before I became a filmmaker, I was studying to become uh, a writer. I wanted to write novels and short stories. And one of the professors I had um, in my creative writing uh, studies, because I have two degrees, one in film and one in uh, creative writing, was this guy named Robert Olin Butler. Um, and he always said, yearning is the key to all stories. And it always stuck with me. It's kind of funny how you, you go to all these classes and these schools, you learn all these lessons. It's always the small, small, small things that stick with you. And that idea of yearning uh, was the one that stuck with me the most. Um, you hit on something that's, that's really cool about this idea of the characters in my work sort of searching for this freedom. That's sort of like their journey. They're trying to free themselves from whatever prison there is, whether it's a literal prison, an actual prison in Bill Street or the prison society places uh, these young men in, in Moonlight. In this case though, you're right, it's an actual freedom, actual self-possession that these characters are after. And one of the hardest things about making the show was understanding that we don't really have a context for what that would have been like for these people. Because in those cases, especially in Moonlight, the freedom is it's, it's, it's just as worthy, but this is like, I just wanna be who I am. you know. And uh, as a young black man in America, there's still a lot of stuff that is going on uh, that's restricting uh, the freedom of that character. But it's but this in the underground, it's literal, actual freedom, the freedom to possess, possess your own self. And so there's the surface, journey for freedom, you know, that people expect, you know, when they see a show like this. But I'm so glad you phrased it that way, because just like in Moonlight, just like in Bill Street, just as importantly, this other freedom, the freedom of person, the freedom of mind, the freedom of soul, uh, that they're also striving for. And it's interesting because I, this show terrified the hell out of me. Terrified <laughs> the hell out of me. But it was about finding those similarities, you know, both between the story modes that we've told before in this one, and between us, between you and me and these folks, because we don't think that, you know, people who had to endure with the condition of American slavery also had to endure with the idea of, I just wanna personally express myself. I just want my soul to be free. We're so preoccupied with the idea of their bodies having to be free, mm. which yes, free the body, free the mind. Mm. Um, and yet the inner journey was also just as, uh, as worth exploring.
Yeah, because Cora, she carries around the okra seeds as well. And so I think about that and I think about where they can grow. They can grow in, in even the harshest of circumstances. Mm -hmm. They can grow. And then this is, to me, symbolizes what she holds on to. And I guess it symbolizes what we say in terms of hope, that you're really just wanting to plant it anywhere, regardless of how harsh the circumstances are. Um, exactly. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. And I know that, um, you know, as I was watching it, there's just some for you have a way I mean I know that their casting directors are sick but just have a way of getting some incredible actors to come to the fore and I'm there as an actor like rah okay I is that what we were doing in acting classes was not paying attention um <laughs> you know what, when, when you, when you, it, it takes a village to make these things and I think one I gotta shout out my editors um you know especially Joy McMillan and then this guy, Alex O'Flynn, who joined us, he's part of the family now, and Daniel Morphesis, they, they just understand that, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be dope every take, you know, the act is not going to be dope every take, uh, every take. And sometimes we have to allow the actors to dictate where the scene wants to go. I know, oh, this shot is fantastic. Oh, we got to keep the whole shot in. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? They was dope from here to here in the shot, and they're yeah. not so dope. And so it's incumbent upon us to be like, well, you know what? Let me check my ego and let me service this actor because what they're doing is so difficult. You know, a director doesn't do anything. I can't give these performances. And yeah. so when I get to the edit room, we're trying to search, uh, search and find them. You know, I will say, it's not that they're not teaching that in acting class, is that I think sometimes you just know it when you see it. And, you know, both uh, Sheila Atem and uh, Aaron Pierre, who are both, they're Londoners, Mm -hmm. You know, when Bill Street wrapped, I flew to London. I was hanging out for a couple of weeks and Andre Holland was doing Othello um, at, at the Globe. And I went and saw the play and Aaron was in that play and Sheila was in that play. I'd never seen or heard of them, but I thought, hey, y'all coming no, That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> I'm telling I'm telling all the listeners from now. <laughs> get theater is where it's at. That's where they're finding us, man in the theater no Aaron is inc um, incredible I saw him in King Headley II at Stratford Theater and he absolutely you know when someone just takes you commands your attention mm -hmm. and you evoke that with you know the, the, having um, a character come through and then they remain with us they remain with us even when we stop visually kind of like seeing them that that mm -hmm. presence remains I think that that was phenomenal um but then again I feel like you're being a little bit modest with like your role as a director because this was a heavy subject matter and we've seen you shine with the work that you do um in terms of you know what we see on, on the cinema in the, at the cinema but then now you've brought it to a series and that you know that energy has to remain that beauty has to remain mm -hmm. that integrity has to remain but all of that's wonderful you make it look incredible all of that stuff but for me what really um struck me and I held on to my heart was the fact that there was a therapist um mm -hmm. there because I was thinking like, especially this um, in episode one, when we see someone literally burnt alive, I was like, if this is going to be the whole thing, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but it's not. I, I know, <laughs> I know. It, it's not. So we make sure that very next episode, we come in and you're like, oh, wait, what? What? Yeah, yeah it's, it's disorientating. It's, it's not. Yeah. It's it's not. The, the, the therapist who was there, her name was Kim White. I, I yes. Miss Kim. Uh, she was amazing. The, the scene you mentioned, actually, that was probably the most difficult day on set for me and here's the thing there's no blood there's no fire when we're filming it you know Eli Everett the actor he's on a harness um and so he's not actually hanging by his hands you know he's mm. very well supported 
And yet it was 105 degrees that day. Mm. And we were at an actual plantation and all the background actors, all the actors, everybody was so committed that you couldn't help but just feel. You felt all the things that did happen in that place. Without knowing them, without seeing them, you felt them. It was almost like all the blood and the bones came up out the soil Ooh. and just got into us. And it was it was heavy. And Miss Kim was so good. You know, I told her, I am the director on the set. I call action, I call cut. And yet you are the director's director. Because mm. if you see anything, if you see anyone, you walk over and you grab them. Now, what I did not expect was there was a day where she came over and she grabbed me. Yes. And she pulled me off my own set. It would not allow me to go back until we had had a session um, because that's what it was. Now at the same time, it, it was cool, man. We, this was, of all the things I've done, this was the biggest community and the most communal because people had to take care of each other. You know, mm. this guy, uh, 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 Benjamin Walker, who plays Terrence Randall, in the first episode, he actually lives in London. He's a, he's American. He's born and raised in Georgia, but he lives in London. His wife is uh, is British, and he right before we did that horrific scene because it was maybe like noon Georgia time, which made it like nine or ten p.m. your time. Mm-hmm. He got out his phone and he said, "Man, do you, I know we're about to start, but you mind if I call my kids?" I was like, "What?" He goes, oh, but my kids, it's London. They're about to go to bed. You mind if I tuck them in? And I know what he's going to be doing for the next eight hours. And so I said, yes, we will wait. You go call your kids and tuck them in. And so it, it was that kind of thing. We all just had to take care of each other. And, and, yeah. and we did. Because we also had to speak to the truth of what it was. And, yeah. you know, I tried to be as, as, what's the word I want to use here? As sensitive as I could be to us on set and to the audience and showing what these things were, but not reveling in them. Um, And and I think we accomplished that, but yo, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard, hard, but you, you know, it was hard, but you've done, you've done a phenomenal job because like I said, that first episode was harrowing, but what we needed that, we needed that for context. We needed that for grounding. We needed that as a starting point of our journey that we go on with the characters. And I guess our own personal journeys as well. As we get to episode two, like I said, I was disorientated. It's like, what in the Handmaid's Tale is this? Well, it was incredible. And then we go to um, episode three and we're somewhere yeah. else. And I think that like um, you described to us, it's the different state that Cora goes through as the protagonist really, but that we all go through as we experience racism. Mm-hmm. We enter into different states of survival. Exactly. It's a, it's, it's a different different face, but with the same voice. You mm. know and, uh, and, and for me too, as a filmmaker, it was really, it's hard to use fun in, in relation to this project. But it was fun being like, because they want to pigeonhole us so much. You know, you can only do this thing. What the kids say, stay in your lane. So like, <laughs> my lane is an eight damn lane highway. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the Autobahn and I'm swerving. <laughs> and so, and so it was cool to go from episode to episode, chapter to chapter, and be like, all right, and now we're in a Western. And now we're in a thriller. And I don't give a shit. And now we're in an action film. You know what I mean? Yes. We can complain at all. Because we talk about Afrofuturism, and we only think of that as folks going to space. But then I think about my ancestors and their bodies were so restricted that their minds must have just been so, I mean, just so vast. And so to me, there's, there's no reason why Afrofuturism can't apply to these folks. 
yeah. the same way it applies to, uh, to these other folks who are coming at, coming at, coming after us. So yeah, it was, uh, it's hard to use the word fun, um, but as a storyteller, it was, you know, I really thought I got to stretch myself on this one. You did. And, you know, you made sure to stretch yourself well, because it, it's, it's incredible. And I can't wait for everybody um, to watch it. And thank you so, so much for sharing your talent with us continuously sharing your your gift with us because it's really a gift like every time you bring something to the fore I'm like how does this man do it um but we're grateful we're grateful for the legacy that you're leaving creatively and in terms of the narrative that we get to draw on when we think about ancestors and when we think about history so thank you so much for that Barry thank you you know I, I did want to say one thing we didn't talk about it but I, I've been getting asked a little bit of questions Oh, but 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 Tuso's not not African American, or she. Oh, African. I was trying to stay away from it, but if you want to do that, <laughs> no, 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 no. I I think we should talk about it just a little bit because yeah. you know, Hila's born on the continent of Africa. Tuso's born on the continent of Africa. The little face Polly is born on the continent of Africa. These characters in the story are closer to folks born on the continent of Africa. That their direct their direct mothers and fathers were born on the continent than they are to someone born born in Detroit, and so even just physically, there's something that once these folks walk through the door, because again, I got an open door policy. You yeah. can if you show me in a tape that you can do it, hey, now Cora is a Fijian descent, the actress. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. But this other, this other really beautiful thing happened because we had people flying in from all over the world for, uh, for the show. We had a lot of folks from Atlanta in the show also. And what we realized was we're all, we're all united in blackness. Yeah. I mean, all of us. And we all have so much of our stories, our histories, our legacies tied up in these folks who all started on the continent and have now spread so far out. And yeah. what we realized was our relationship to these characters, our relationship to, to Blackness was so different that as opposed to any one of those relationships drowning the other out, it just expanded what it was. Yeah. And, and there's a scene in the next to last episode where we're having a big party, the chorus shucking and all that. And everybody, everybody just came together in such a wonderful way that it didn't feel like, oh, Peter DeJersey is from London and Tucson yeah. from South Africa. We're all just Black folks, man. And, yeah. and I think there's something really wonderful about depicting this history yeah. and kind of decentralizing it from being the history of just this place, of just this person in this piece of soil. Because if you look at the migration patterns, we're kind of all tied into this thing. Um, no, and, yeah. And I love that somebody was talking about small acts that Steve just did. Yeah. I think uh, it was Claire. Claire said, oh, I want to make a French small axe. And what I heard in that was all these people have migrated to all these different places, whether by choice or by force, whether through colonialism or, or exploration, and somehow all these stories are demanding to be told. In this case, we all just came together from these far-flung places and told the same story because our ancestors all did come from one central place. So yeah, yeah. I'm cool with it. Hey, the thing, man, hey, the theater. Because yes. my whole thing is in this story, so many of these characters, especially you know, with the, the parts that both Sheila and Aaron appear in, their bodies are more restricted, you know, yeah. or their voices are more restricted. And yet in the theater, you see people act so much with Projecting, yes, yeah, yes. But not even projecting. We think it's just like a voice shouting, but the way Sheila carries her body across the stage. The physicality, yes. The way Aaron, oh my God, the way Aaron carries his body across the stage says so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, all you folks out there in the theater, thinking, <laughs> 
appreciate from this to that. I'm telling you, man, when we see it, we see it. And you know it when you see it. I'm sorry, yeah. I just went on a whole tent. I hijacked your podcast for a second. No, no, I'm glad you did. I'm going to let them know. The, um, the podcast title will be Barry Jenkins Hijack My Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate it because I'm very, very sensitive uh, to these things. You know, it's a conversation that I'm always having on Twitter, on social media mm-hmm. um, about what we do as the um, African diaspora, how we have those conversations. And I'm always trying to be sensitive to how um, um, Black Americans feel about specific things rather than being like, because I pretty much see the exact same way that you see it in terms of we're all living um through white supremacist patriarchy and mm-hmm. and our stories are similar even if we're looking at them through different reflective surfaces in terms of the countries and the constitutions and the things that we interact with mm-hmm. so yeah I, I'm just always trying to kind of show care and not kind of like throwing my question in there but I'm grateful that you you brought it to the fore because it is something that we need to consider like the it's it's even interesting when I think about the episodes that I've watched of Underground Railroad and what struck me is that yes we go into diff, literally different states even though it's filmed in board film in, filmed in Georgia we go into different states but what we're seeing in different states are actually the different manifestations of white supremacist patriarchy because we get to North Carolina and it's a madness we get to South Carolina it's a madness but yeah that was that was the one that was chilling like that very much felt like the horror movie to me like yeah. and you know we take that out and we take it into the political context and the scientific context of how black women's bodies have been used in the name of science um it's mind-blowing we you bring all of that and um the way that you use the text that you were inspired by the text then um create this i i'm i just i'm in awe so thank you for that thank you, thank you my dear <laughs> Watching the whole thing, and not even just one of the first people in in the UK. You one of the first people, period. To, to have seen yes. The whole thing. Uh, so I I appreciate it, man. This has been a good talk. I wish we could do it in person, but you know, you keep yourself safe. Keep Thank yourself, you. Keep yourself safe. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed that with the baby boy that is Barry Jenkins. I think the next stage is now. I mean, look at that. I've interviewed Barry Jenkins. I've interviewed Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen. So I would say that, you know, it looks like I'm going to be in one of their movies. I would I would say that. I would say that. I think that's fair. I feel like, can you not see what I'm doing? I'm being very strategic about where I'm placing myself with these interviews because then it's just like, oh, girl, Joe, you remember me. I interviewed you for my podcast. <laughs> I, remember, I remember this a funny story you told me. I don't know if you want me to share it, but when you, Go met, on. When you met Spike Lee. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! Sorry, that no, was I don't even know if I mentioned it on the podcast. I may have because the energy, the bad vibes, just bad vibes. But everyone, everyone has said that though. Bad Quite vibes. People have said about that person. But it was just funny your interaction. You're trying to ask him. I think you were trying to ask him for a. I think you no, you were taking the picture. Yeah. And then while she was taking the picture, you were trying to you were trying to plug yourself. Yeah. You were trying to say, I think you were trying to say to him, "Oh, just so you know, Spike, I'm a I'm an actor from London." <laughs> and he said, "Just focus on the camera." <laughs> That's literally what he said. He's like, "Just just focus, just focus on the camera." Focus on the camera. <laughs> You're like, "Okay." I was like, "Wow." Let me not plug myself. No, I, thought, I said, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm an actor. I'm a big fan of yours. Just focus on the camera." <laughs> <laughs> Fine, he will regret that. He will regret it. But he probably wouldn't me. Give, it down, give it down, to be honest. Then he won't be able to do the right thing. Ha <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so it's great to be, um, energy is important. And I think that if you want to do things and if you aspire to kind of be in certain rooms and do certain things, use what you have to get what you want.
I feel like that's important. Use what you have to get what you want. I've got mm. a podcast that's and I love... There, yeah, yeah, no, I'm... I'm yeah. Yeah, let's, let's pause, pause. Let's put some footnotes. Within, within reason. Yeah, yeah I'm going <laughs> about to explain what I mean. I'm not talking about all of you predators. I'm saying, right? <laughs> Use what you have to get what you want. What? I know that I've got this podcast and I know that I love talking about films. I love talking about race and, um, you know, blackness and just, you know, just the spiritual bits and I just love talking about all of the things that interest me right so if then that means that now because of the platform of the podcast I get access to be able to talk to talk with people that I would like to work with then of course I'm going to use that Mm -hmm. to move into those spaces because I feel like once you activate that energy with people and you are in their consciousness it brings the things to you so as much as people like oh then this person's following you this person's following you you're looking at it in a different way to what i'm looking at it i'm looking at it now is that now our energies are interacting yes now you think of me yes yeah and that's and that's what's important you want to get yourself into the consciousness of certain people whether they remember overtly or not you're just there now your energy has bumped (laughs) bumped them fund them and then you keep it moving and you just stay doing what you're doing because in one way or another people come round, you know so anyway um the, our first show sponsor this week um is wild wild deodorant um wild is a natural deodorant company that focuses on performance sustainability and style i've talked about them on the podcast before and so they're using the power of nature to create um deodorants natural deodorants that are great because they're cruelty free and they're vegan and they've got these little um cool applicators that you can refill and the applicator is made from durable aluminium and um, recycled plastic detailing on it as well so it just means that it lasts for years and not months and the deodorant refills are 100% biodegradable recyclable and plastic free um, so making it the first in the world really in terms of that design and raising the bar for sustainability so the um it starts from 12 pounds and with the refills um you can get like flexible subscriptions for just five pounds per refill so it comes it, um, it comes in these cute boxes that can go straight for your letterbox so you don't have to be at home to sign for it or anything like that so i just love it because after like looking for so long it's great to kind of find a natural deodorant that actually works i don't want to walk around smelling like soil i'm so sorry um but this keeps you smelling fresh and dry after a hard day of being a baby girl baby boy baby non-binary um it's super convenient and the refills are designed to fit straight for your letterbox like i said and um you've got single-use plastic free um vegan and cruelty free as well as being um aluminium and paraben free as well so you can customize your orders like you can choose the color of your applicator all of those things and choose which kind of refills that you want in terms of scent it's eco-friendly and it's got all natural ingredients none of the harsh chemicals that we find in antiperspirants and it's made in the uk and of course it smells amazing so yeah i just want that for you i know that people now will more likely be getting on a tube soon try and smell fresh you know in this new age please try to smell fresh and this is one of the ways to do that so you get an exclusive 20 percent off your first wild deodorant purchase on their website wearewild.com when you get to check out you can enter the code mind m-i-n-d um to get 20 percent off um so yeah go wild today and get yourself this natural refillable deodorant that genuinely works you can order by going to wearewild.com and putting in the code mind m-i-n-d at check out check out yeah anyway let's get on with so you mad Whew, this week in so you mad so you sent me ah, you sent me a video this is, just, this is a mini so you mad because I, we can't even give this one too much energy it's just so ridiculous <laughs> 
I saw it. I was scrolling from my timeline. I was just like, oh my God, sis is going to love this mess. <laughs> so I, I, okay, here we go. It's a video. Dozens of white students learning what it was like to be African slaves. Yeah. Okay. The teacher posted this video along with the caption, Today we experienced life as a slave on the Middle Passage journey from West Africa to America. I just want to Ooh. note this was at Fairfield Primary School in the UK. So I'm just going to repeat that. It was at Fairfield Primary School in the UK. If you have any children um, that are currently attending that school, I, I want you to pull them out immediately. <laughs> or else you two, you are complicit in what is going on here. It's just literally... I'm going to play the video. There's a video... And these white students, um, little kids, it's not their faults. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and one of them smiling as she walks past the camera so timidly because, you know, she's given the performance of her life. <laughs> yes. You know, she's really trying to get into the role. Yes. A role she should not a be playing. A role she should not be playing. And it's funny because a role you will never play. <laughs> it's a role you will never play. You wow. can't even empathise with playing wow. it. Ooh. So they are all huddled together, arms crossed, and they um, are waddling around the class. Um because apparently that's how the African slaves... <laughs> because they had, you know, chains. Yeah, they, yeah, not, yeah. not even that the, that the Africans had chains. They didn't even have room to move. But you know, Fair enough, plenty, that's there's true. There's plenty yeah. of room in this classroom. <laughs> but um, just disappointing, really. Not surprised, but just disappointing. But then, you know, like, when you've got black men during Black History Month doing 12 years of slave workouts, <laughs> you know, like, everybody thinks, like, slavery is literally a free-for-all. Yeah. And I remember, I swear it was when I was in primary school, and they were like, oh, let's make posters for what it, the posters would have looked like for when they were selling slaves jeez you know like i did they thought that that was that normal was okay, like that, yeah. that that was us trying to be of the time same as like when we were learning about egypt they were like let's make these little flatbreads with honey you know they just thought oh well the way that we think about slavery is like let's make a poster until today i know that there are schools that still think making a poster is a great way it's a great way to teach to the teach, kids. teach about slavery it's horrible I and mean, what they do is trivialize it my thing is that you need to look at slavery if you cannot explain it in a way that children will understand don't even bother yes. because yeah if you're going to do that i think my my problem is though is that in this day and age now is that we notice that people i like dark humor you know that yeah. i am a big believer in dark humor but the slavery jokes make me so uncomfortable yeah, yeah i'm just like guys yeah. this this slavery jokes are just not cool like you guys don't get it we're not even that far away from it yeah do you got know what i mean yeah as a group of people so yeah i just yeah slavery just they, they people don't but uh, there's there's something else that they will never take the piss out of though but the slavery well, but they wouldn't dare they wouldn't they dare never, slavery they always we know why they every everyone can run jokes about but then again yeah it's just a complicated it, it should, thing. no one should even run jokes about anything that's my point that's, it should never, and ever because happen. the trauma is just too much but it's just like why do we go to jokes as a way to deal with trauma yeah and that's what we need to and then the, but the fact is that we, if we're joking about it it's one thing for you to now insert yourself there you go that's quite a different thing but yeah it's wild that that school thought that that would be okay so who whichever teacher came up with that great idea fired yes fired immediately fairfield primary school in the uk i think it's mad that they chose to film it. I mean, you're not even. But that's what I'm saying. You're not allowed to film little kids, you're and not, they put it on the net. And put it on the net. You're not allowed to film little kids. That's they've broken quite many weird. Pro- many protocols. They've broken many protocols, and something needs to be done immediately. Gosh, imagine your your a viral tweet like that is going. Around I will see my child's face. I will fuck oh you. Oh my god! Up. I can't even explain how much I'd fuck you up. <sighs> wow. 
Anyway, um, talking about people who shouldn't be doing what they what they're doing. Um, the one of the leadership candidates for one of Labour's biggest union backers, um, he's been suspended, Howard Beckett, um, because obviously Preeti Patel moves mad any day ending with why. We know that. And so there was an incident in Glasgow recently, I've forgotten the name of the street, but they were um, the wonderful people that live in that area blocked the um, deportation van from being able to go, from being able to um, drive off and take these people um, away that they were trying to deport. And I just love that fucking energy. Um, but I'll just bring it up. It says here that um, Mr. Beckett said he has received, from what I'm seeing here, he has received no official notification from Labour about his suspension as far as he's concerned. I'm very much in the race and will not be changing. And that will not be changing. Um, he was heavily criticised over his tweets about Preeti Patel. Um, this happened um, in links to the mass protest that was happening in Glasgow. So I will start there. So there's a there was a um, immigration raid. And that really should be part of um, Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum. Fuck all of you motherfuckers, yeah? Eid. Eid. When people are gathering together to celebrate, that's when you, this is what I'm saying about white supremacy. You saw celebration and you said, yep, that's when we're going to go and get them. Yep. It's reminiscent of what they used to do with um, Yoruba um, or Ambe parties, the Nigerian parties that they'll be having in halls. Mm -hmm. Do you know that immigration rates would happen there where people are going to gather to, for christenings, birthdays, this, that, this, that. You'll wear your nice Ankara, you'll wear your lace, you'll wear your ganza. You'll wear, you're going you're wear back your... to Nigeria, <laughs> That is what you are going. No, that's what, that's what you are going back to Nigeria in. You are going, and they don't take, they don't let you change. You're going back in those clothes. Ah, uh, they want to gather you from the party. Sheena, Peter, all you hear is Nino, Nino. <laughs> You're done. And you are out. And not only do they do that, they know, and it's quite weird that you brought up. They they know how to target certain communities. So when it's like the Asian, some the Asian sometimes yeah. they go to butchers, yeah. or they'll go to shops, yeah. Oh. Even not just them, like Peckham, they'll gather you from the putches, they'll yeah, gather yeah. you from the hairdressers. Yeah. That's where they'll be gathering everyone with, um, and asking for documentations. Fuck all of you lot, man. But anyway, back to this. Like, so you know that they're celebrating Eid, and so you know that people are likely to be gathered together. You're more likely to find people who are undocumented at these family gatherings, and you know the areas that these people live in, right? And this is when, uh, you know, we're saying about Jaden Smith what he's doing for his community. Like, you can be rich as fuck and choose how you help your community. But this, when we see him happening in Glasgow, is a community coming together and being like, nah, you're not taking one of us. It doesn't matter what colour we are, right? Nobody's leaving here today. We will tear singlets today. And that's, if you're really about it, that's the energy that we need to be bringing because suddenly, them man can't do what they wanted to do anymore. They have to back down. They have to release them. And there are way more of us than there are of them. You always got to remember that. So it says here, um, police officers circled a home office van as hundreds of demonstrators gathered around the vehicle chanting, cops go home. Um, the men detained in the home office van have been released following a face-off between police and protesters in Glasgow. A crowd of around 200 people gathered in Kenmur Street, Kenmur, sorry, a street, this morning, well, when this happened, and um, with people lying under a home office van to stop it moving. Wow. Do I fucking love it. Inject it. What? And you know that it had to be white people who do that. So rather than going, oh, as a white person, I don't know what to do. This I've is read what all you the do. This is what you do. Go and prostrate yourself on the ground because <laughs> they won't fuck you up. Well, they're less likely. Let's Two. say that. They're yeah. much less likely to fuck you up. If it was me, God forbid that went to a life of that man. You can't stay there. Speed up! Yeah. <laughs> 
they will go over, go back, <laughs> check. Literally, they don't give a damn. They'll go to the side, literally. They'll be like, do the hokey cokey and we run her down. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Um, That's really grim. Really? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, no. But no, honestly, I love that fucking energy. Like, you're, you know that your body is one that they see as their own body. So they're less likely to move mad with it. Um, So, yeah. So they were chanting, um, cops go home and leave our neighbours, let them go. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't racists in this area. I'm not saying that 24 hours before, somebody might not have moved mad in the area. But the fact is, when it counted, everybody got together and was just like, this is not happening. The majority of people came out together and said that this is not happening. And that is literally the energy that we should be keeping. Um yeah just after 5 p.m on that day they had said that scotland um had issued um police scotland had released um issued a statement to say that the men in the van had been released it said in order to protect the safety public health and well-being of all people involved in the detention and subsequent protests in kenmore street and um, pollock shields today chief superintendent mark sutherland has following a suitable risk assessment taken the operational decision to release the men detained by uk immigration enforcement back into their community meantime um, in order to quick uh, to facilitate this quickly and effectively, Police Scotland is asking members of the public to disperse from the street as soon as possible. Please take care when leaving the area and follow the directions of the officers on the street. Um, Don't try it again. And then I love Nicola Sturgeon's energy because she fucking hates she fucking hates what's going on with Britain, and she just wants no part of it. Um, she tweeted. Um, Today's events were entirely down to UK Home Office actions. <laughs> That's it. Don't bring Don't. my name in it. Don't mention me. She's like, like literally I'm not with me the out shit. of the mess. I'm not with the shit. I don't fuck with Preeti. I don't know that hoe. Nope. What? I don't want any part of it. Yes. You know, you want to detain people? Who said that? Who said that? I didn't say that. She didn't say I don't want to detain nobody. I don't want to deport nobody. That's all Preeti's idea. You're on the fucking roll. Nicola Sturgeon wanted no parts in the fucking shit. So anyway, everyone's like, obvious. so I had to give you the backstory. So everyone's vexed, right? Like, why, Priti Patel, why are you doing this? You as a brown woman, like, why are you doing this? Like, it's fucked that you would take so much glee in being this agent of white supremacy. Okay, so we're all having a conversation. Then Howard Beckett, a white man, decides to tweet... Preeti Patel should be deported, not refugees. <laughs> she can go along with anyone else who supports institutional racism. She is disgusting. It's the messenger for me. That's all because there's nothing wrong with that message. If you had put my face, if it had been at Kalechnikov that wrote that, there would have been no Fine. problem. Fine. There would have been no problem. <laughs> None whatsoever. It's the messenger. It's the messenger. And so this is why I'm saying to you, white people who listen to the show, I know that some of you already have sense, but for the play it to your brethren, yeah? When you want to be an ally, when you want to be about it, about it, understand that there are certain things that cannot come out of your mouth. Yes. You, you can't say it. You can't, you can't say it. You know what? Everything up until, um, everything bef um, after not refugees, would have been fine. No, no, actually not. Because she he then followed up with she can go with anyone else. So you even double down <laughs> on your actions. <laughs> you double down oh. on your actions. But um 
yeah, he, I think he tried to make it out like, you know, well, he did say, and anyone else who supports institutional racism. So that one, he's taking it outside of race. He's just like, literally everyone can go. But what are they going to? Howard, where are we sending him to? If we're, if we're, where, where is she being deported to? You see how your your tweet is so problematic? <laughs> like, there's so many problems, so many issues. He hit tweet and he thought he did something. <laughs> he was like, whoa, he thought the he girls did are going to be ganging. Oh, I'm giving it to them. The category is fire tweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they racialed him. <laughs> oh, they racialed. Oh my him. God! Rightly he so, got man. dealt with. And yeah, so there's some things that just can't come out of your mouth. Like if we're having a conversation between ourselves as black people, for instance, if I'm arguing as a black person and I'm very much alluding to something here, if I as a black person am arguing with another black person, albeit publicly, right? No matter how much we're tearing singlets, you have no place as a white person come away in on that conversation and be like oh well you know i just think that what what you're doing here is very um, it's filled with misogyny and it's not fair to this other black person that you honestly you can't it's not for you to be involved it's not it's not for you to be involved right and in this case like we said he's not necessarily said anything wrong in my opinion but he should not have been coming from a white man because you as a white man saying that a, um, a south asian woman needs to be deported problematic mm. it's a bit it's a bit leaving. yeah i mean like none of you guys should be advocating for deportation sorry at regardless all of for, for anybody but for us for us ethnics and blacks yeah we we can make jokes like that sorry yeah. we can't say yeah. shit like that and no if i want to talk about the actual tweet pretty does deserve to get deported she <laughs> deserves to get deported the same way yes the same way that she's deporting people she needs to get deported but some of you are such bad faith actors you fucking phonies you fucking fakes right because you're disgusted with Howard for saying this, maybe mainly because he's Labour. Because if it was Conservative, it would it would have been, been different. But the thing is, you're disgusted that he would say this. Where would Priti Patel go? She's been here all her life. Where would she go? Kosi <coughs> Shamima. <coughs> so Shamima, where should Shamima go? Shamima gave you a fucking Union Jack cushion in the background. Shamima gave you scenery with some Primark sunglasses. She gave you scenery. <laughs> Shamima took off that hijab and gave you straight hair and you lot said, nah. You're still not, not British enough. Still not British enough. <laughs> Try again. A Union Jack cushion. Do you have a Union Jack cushion? She had a Union Jack cushion in Syria and you still said, nah. Right? I'm so dead. And I just think that it's, it's interesting how, because you want to flame Howard, you've, you're really undoing all the narrative that you had, the energy, the vim that you had for Shamima. You see how all of it's fucked? Do you see how none of it makes sense and how everybody is mad? But yeah, anyway, Howard, you, you know, I don't necessarily think that people should be kicking you out and talking about, oh, it's hate speech. Again, calm down, calm down, because it's funny how suddenly everyone knows hate speech. When it's they, pretty. Oh, when it's to serve your own whims and it's to serve the Tory government, suddenly you know hate speech. But when we're telling you all the other times about hate speech, especially from your fucking prime minister, you don't see that one. That one makes no sense whatsoever. Funny. Very, very funny indeed. So that was that, So You Mad. Um, <laughs> the next So You Mad was the Florida man that... Um, where is that? That made me cackle for... Florida man, people Florida say, man. That was in Atlanta. That they kept mentioning Florida man. Oh, people say it all the time, but there is something in the water in Florida. Really? Yeah. Apparently, people are just 
crazy. Yeah, that's where the whole Florida man thing comes from. Florida man, Florida man. Um, it says a Florida man sentenced to six years in prison after using COVID relief funds to buy a Lamborghini. One of the first arrests related to misusing COVID relief funds has officially been sentenced. Um, David Tyler Hines has received six years in prison for scamming to receive $3.9 million in PPP loans to purchase an expensive Lamborghini. When the COVID-19 relief bill passed, the federal government essentially cared more about getting funds to people quicker than vetting who really needed them. This is mainly because it's the government. Well, actually, I'd like to dif- um, dispute that because I feel like they got fund quickly to businesses. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not, that. not everyday it, people. It took like nine and months they weren't checking people. Yes, and they weren't checking the businesses. They let the businesses do what they were doing because they everyone it was a free for all for them. But in terms of people, everyday people, nigh they they didn't have the same energy. Um, it says here this is mainly because it is the government, so they can go back and check later and then lock everyone up who lied. One of the first big cases of misusing funds happened in Miami, Florida, where David Tyler Hines received $3.9 million in funds and purchased a brand spanking new Lamborghini. According to the Department of Justice, his scamming has earned him six years behind bars. Um, It says here, um, a Florida man was sentenced today to uh, more than six years in prison for fortunately obtaining approximately $3.9 million in Paycheck Protection Program loans and using those funds in part to purchase a $318,000 Lamborghini luxury car for himself. Um, David T. Hines, 29, 29 of Miami, pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud on February 10th, according to court documents. Um, Hines submitted multiple PPP applications to a PPP participating lender, claiming to have had dozens of employees and millions of dollars in monthly payroll. In addition to submitting false and fraudulent IRS forms to support the applications, Hines also assisted other individuals in obtaining fraudulent, fraudulent PPP loans as part of the sentence the court ordered Hines to forfeit the $3.4 million um, in fraudulent loan proceeds that law enforcement seized and the 2020 Lamborghini um, Hurricane, is that what it's called, that Heinz purchased for approximately $318,000. Not worth it. At all. Just not worth it. I, I just, like, okay, fine, fraud. I feel like just plain fraud, you know, you can, without a doubt, get, get away with. Yeah. But you are going to try and defraud the government, the U.S. government. The that? U.S. government. The original scammers is the ones that you wanted to go and scam. Lock him up, lock oh. him up, lock him up, lock him up, lock him up. But I hope that, no, I hope that they keep this energy for all the white scammers. Oh, is this one black? I don't even know. David T. Hines, he sounds white. You think so? Should we, should we dig, dig, dig a little deeper? Because I just think that the energy that they had to give him six years, I'm just like, would you be giving that? That sounds to... like a white person giving them. And if it was a black person, they would have given them death penalty. <laughs> That's true. You know, they would have given them the death. Oh, like, you're right. I'm sure it's white. Because it's like, how dare you commit a, a white person's crime? But when white people commit white people crime, they just get the adequate. Yeah, he's white. Look at that. Look at that. I'm actually surprised because I just think to myself, wow, they yeah, really said it's you. Well, no, I'm not. Well, they would. They would. But I'm telling you, six years is light. That's for, true. For, for 3.9 mil, six years is light. That and is we'll, true. We'll probably be out in, what, three or four years and then be on, be on uh, supervised or whatever. 
That is true. It's very light. Mm. He should have been, a black person would have gone eighteen years. Because I just saw six years, and I was just like, "Gosh, you lot love sentencing black people." But actually, no. When you put it in perspective like that, yeah, they, yeah, they would have. They would Electric chair. Seriously, they would have charged the the black person with what they would have given them what ten years. Then they would have found a drug offense, a random yeah, drug offense, true. and they pinned it on them true, as well. So, true. Yeah. That's what we did. So. Wow. He even helped other people to go and come and chop money as yeah. well. But that was, that, that's a nice it, part of him, though. Yeah, where he flopped it was the Lamborghini. Because if I managed to scam 3.9 million, I'm not buying anything flashy. I that's going to give it away. I wouldn't even get the G-Wagon, he, to be he honest. Flopped, he flopped it from the very beginning. Because let me tell you, they just like um, they said in that article, they will always check back. Some people are going to prison for unpaid taxes in 2005. True. True. The U.S. government don't. I feel like they there is they they're targeted there as a, you know those people that work for the IRS. Yeah, yeah. They're like cool, find this many people and this is how much you earn. They are targets yeah, because yeah. they don't fuck around and yeah. they check and they check and they check. It's just not worth it. I'm oh. glad in this country, anyways, that we have a system where the tax just comes out even before we even see the money. Because I, if I had to declare taxes, oh no, that's what I have to do. Well, no, yeah, because you're you know you're self-employed. Or, yeah, yeah, but me if i had to declare my own taxes <laughs> you, you would be, you'd be reporting about me i'm being serious me and david would be one. Oh, seriously i will i would be a big time tax evader i actually i actually believe in tax evasion that's what makes me laugh sometimes when people go and like comment on celebrities things like you're evading tax and da, 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 da. and i'm like if, if you had their money you would way. evade tax too that's what, honestly this i feel like in the last two years it really changed my life changed so deep change my mind sorry yeah. uh on you know how rich celebrities are how much money they have and it's just like they actually they have money but they could go broke very quickly as well yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. based on their their living standards and yeah. everything else but and you see how much tax they have to pay even when i had to do all of my things now and um i'm gonna get a new accountant as well because my accountant just isn't giving me the energy that i want but your um, accountant should sorry let's let me just address that your accountant should just be doing their job what energy do you need <laughs> your what do you want your, what else do you want your accountant to do sorry no, this energy it, energy what tell me no because i just feel like my accountant's just really really lackluster like um you know i'll 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 say i'll call and be like oh i need to kind of submit all of this stuff and be like oh yeah yeah actually do you know that now you need to do this and you need to do that but you didn't tell me that you should have alerted sure. me oh, okay fine you didn't alert me <laughs> okay, fine. right so um yeah so that 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 annoys me but yeah when you then have to i've, I've managed to avoid student loan for so long oh, and gosh. then i had to do this tax return because i like to do mine as soon as april 5th hits yeah april 6th home girl i'm ready i'm ready I'm I, doing I, I i'm doing it i don't want to hear anything like oh you've got to october you've got this i don't care no. do it let's do it straight away let's get it done quickly and um so I'm, I'm sorting it all now and then they're like oh the accountant's like oh yeah and now student loan you now owe this amount i was like of all these years i've managed to circumnavigate and you're telling them. me student loan is coming for you now they're now still looking for me i am really sad for you that's petty that's really petty the student, student loan, loan is actually it's when you think about it it's actually quite fucked i was looking at my paycheck i don't really talk about money mm. but i was looking at my paycheck my this literally this month's paycheck yeah. and i kid you not four thousand pounds i paid in taxes <gasps> four thousand pounds i paid in taxes student loan took about 800 then you you start seeing all these little you know what is what the, the worst thing with me is i don't always check my um my pay slip yeah so i'm looking at it and i'm like um you get the normal tax employees and i yeah. employees this yeah yeah this yeah. student loan this all to all together four thousand and eighty six and forty four p I, it was that bad i remember the exact amount four thousand and eighty six pound and forty four pence 
Tax is crazy. I hate slavery. I absolutely. <laughs> but in Imagine some ways, I'm saying that. Like, have you said that I hate slavery jokes? Stop making slavery jokes. <laughs> I just got to make no one. slavery. No jokes. slavery jokes. No but slavery. still, I, I still recognize the privilege that I have. I of mean, course. if you're getting taxed four thousand, huh. you're obviously being. You're, you're nice. Yeah, you're nice. but still, be, just to know that that money is being taken away from you. That could have been mine. Could have been mine. But I know that, that works for all of it. It's not yeah. like I did. It's not like I did sixty percent of the job. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? But you worked for yourself and you worked for the state. The state. So that's the state's portion. It's crazy. Man. That's. But I just think that's mad because I'm working for myself and working for the state. It's not that the state gives me free electricity, free water, where it's just like and, and good, good healthcare, where I can be like, all right, cool. I'm working for myself and working for the state. I still have to then go and pay for those things on top of. On top of that, I think it's absolute, it's and absolute then, madness. I wouldn't mind if I'm paying for myself, paying for the state. I'm working for myself, working for the state, and then the state used my money for the people who are less privileged and made sure that they were okay. But Marcus Rashford had to force you to, to give children food. Right. The, sorry, the, you're making just too many good points. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense. All I know is that if this month, if it was down to me yeah. as to whether I wanted to pay tax, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Because you guys, you will find me locked up. That's why I'm, I'm glad that I live in the UK because I know for a fact if I was in the US, IRS will grab me. And the thing is, if you're not literate in that way, they will. They, they, that's where yeah, they get IRS you. And you're me. hoping that somebody else is sorting it out on your behalf. But they could be taking from you oh, as well. You see, that's the problem. Bitch, better have my money. money. IRS will grab me. So let me just stay in the UK. Mind my just business. Be my pounds. Just, yeah. Boy, I will evade tax. That's what I'm saying. I will evade tax. I try respectfully, to respectfully. <laughs> i will i'm telling you that for a fact no it, it pains but to know that you've just got it done when i know that i've just submitted it and no one can chat to me i really really appreciate that but and the I way you think... do it is more annoying though because you actually have the money and you have to give it away yeah and i'm very good at that i just always put it aside i can't you see that's so fucked up to me you know like you get the money yeah in your brain you're always having to factor in like that's not even my money but like it's and, coming into your yeah. account, but that's just not even my money. But the relationship I think that I have with money means that I've never really seen money as my own. I've kind of seen it like it comes through me and passes through me. Do you know what I mean? Like I keep some and I, you know, I keep some, like I'm very responsible in that way. I'm not really mad um, with money. And I think it's because of the way we've grown up. I know what it's like to not have anything mm-hmm, at mm-hmm, all. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that for myself or for my family. So I'm always rather particular about what, what I do. But they call it money. operating from a place of lack. Operating from a place of scarcity. Yeah, operating from a space space of scarcity, and that's something that I had to address in um um in my therapy sessions because you know um Emma would be like um so you want a MacBook? Why don't you just go and buy it? You've got the money. You've more than got the money. Go and buy the MacBook. Uh no, because you know, and I'd always make an excuse, or I'd go and try and like buy a cheaper version. Mm a small laptop or whatever that wouldn't be able to do the things that I actually need the laptop to do or because I didn't want to spend money. Like I am the kind of person that I don't like doing a full food shop because to see lots of food in the fridge actually makes me very anxious. Because <laughs> I, I am the exact same way. Wow. I don't think we've ever spoken. I am the exact same way because I'm just like, what if I don't get even, what if it. I don't eat it? What like, if I don't eat it? And I've just wasted I'm, it. And I've wasted it and oh my God, I'm so irresponsible. Well, how did I do this? So I that to only bite enough so my fridge always looks rather bare. Yeah. But to see it fully stopped, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Oh, it could oh, go well, at Oh, now time. I have to eat more. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Some people, that's convenient for them, boy. <laughs> not the time, not the story. <laughs> this is a trauma response. Um, but you know, like, 
So the, I've, I've tried to move out of that space where it's, I'm working from a place of scarcity or working from a place of lack and I'm simply just being responsible. And I'm just like, okay, so this is here and this is this, you know, but I'm obviously still working on it because I still have not gotten these JW Andersons. But um, it's just but, interesting to hear, especially from your point of view though, like you realise that everyone is still kind of working that out. Like money is never something that you just get right all of a sudden. Yeah. You yeah. Know I mean, it's a long process. Yeah. So and yeah, being, but but also making sure that it doesn't define you. Of so that's that's what my thing is. Like as long as I'm comfortable, I'm good. And also, there's the um, children's home being built in Nigeria as well. So literally, when I charge for the things that I charge for in terms of like my speaking engagements, workshops, and my um, paid partnerships, whatever for um, social media and stuff, I'm charging with the mindset that I've got to look after me. I, and I'm actually I'm a bad bee from all of the expertise that I've got. Like. On top of that, though, I've got a children's home that I'm trying to build in Nigeria, so I need to get money over for that. Like, So I'm always factoring in all of those things. So when I'm saying that this is the um, fee, this is the fee. Yeah. That's literally what you're going to have to pay for my time. Non-negotiable. Simple. So, um, yeah, it's mad. And I think what else is mad about self when you're self-employed and you're doing all of that tax stuff is that whatever you pay, I think it's in NI, whatever you pay one year, they ask you to pay the same to um, have it on credit for the next year. You're paying in advance? Yes. So you, you're basically essentially paying double. And then um, what if you don't meet that, if you don't use it for the next year, then then it's just there. It's all weird. It's all it's all Very weird. Strange. But um yeah, I just like to be on top of those things. I don't like to I hate feeling like I owe somebody money. So I would not be able to sit there knowing that I my I needed to do my tax returns or whatever and I hadn't done it. So I like to get it done ASAP. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anybody talk to me about anything. And even student loan, I pray that you know, all it takes really is one really, really good job. If it wasn't for the fact that I'm trying to like factor in and save for other things, I would just pay student loan off outright. I don't want to hear when anything When I remember again. that your student loan debt is only like 3K of nine, I'm just like, can't get out. <laughs> just, just like you said, you can pay it off in one check. In one check, yeah. You get out, you get out of the way. Like uh, us lot are here with hefty 50, 60K. What? It makes you want to throw up. I always said though, like student loan, they're going to, if they forgive one person's debt, they're going to forgive mine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just convinced. I'm just convinced. As people laugh, but I'm genuinely, genuinely just convinced because you find that the rate that you start paying it at, you're literally just chipping away at interest. Yeah, that's true. I, I, just thought, want, and, and, I just want someone to call me one day and be like, oh, babe, it's all right. Yeah, that honestly, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, I've seen your, you know what, and I really like your post. You know, I'm on the, I'm online right now. So I'm we'll just, we'll it. just take it off, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 We're I, good. I, it's so funny you're saying that because I genuinely thought that they were going to turn around and say, oh, no, we're joking. Like, no, we're <laughs> seriously, seriously. The, and especially because the process didn't seem that long. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, it genuinely felt like, and when you remember when we would, then you would get your grants, you'd be like, yeah, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I could go back in time. If I long, could turn back time. <laughs> <laughs> I would only have them, I swear to you, I would only have them pay for the tuition. Because yeah. I'm oh, sorry, I was up in uni. I, I did not have that struggling student lifestyle i did where i had to I count know. on my two peas and my one piece to I'm buy sorry. a box of orange juice i know you were saying that you were eating super noodles and... yeah I, I i ate super noodles for a bit i couldn't get to that level of dejection so um you oh. know i had to get a bit of a bit of money but i genuinely remember studying for my exams first year and um gathering my two piece and my one piece together to go aldi to go and buy them box of concentrate orange juice <laughs> and one, um, uh, just one pack of maryland cookies oh god the white chocolate ones the get i would never <laughs> oh god 
I would never be. I'm so glad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you went through that, but I'm just glad I never would never be able to empathize. I'm with that. so sorry that you went through that, but sorry, that would never fucking be me. It would never be me. I went to DC. I went to Toronto. I went to Miami. I went to LA. I wow. went to New York. All whilst in uni. Well, you know. Yes. There's a trade-off in it. <laughs> now I have the debt. <laughs> now I have the debt. Now I have the debt. Never again. I will do things so differently. I'll go back in time and I'll just be a just like you, just a broke student. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and do all of that after. Yeah. I mean, I tried to work at uni, but I, I it just wasn't um it just didn't fit with my lifestyle. Plus you went so far away. You went to Liverpool. Yeah. So I was only in Kent, so I could commute but even all of that i would i would have not done that i would have not commuted i would have really yeah. just enjoyed being a student i was so money money focused oh so yeah, nigerian on me. so nigerian but no no i just i tried to work i even tried to work at marks and spencers and cheshire oaks and i think i got fired after a week or something oh, i just gosh. wasn't showing up <laughs> <laughs> you the, always hated it's the, work it's the uniform for me i just i could not i could not all black though no yeah it's just the material oh. or i just felt very you were that kind of girl yeah i just felt very pauper like so um <laughs> you know no but just imagine it like i've just been out on the saturday with my heels and my looks with my weave just like serving and dropping into splits on the dance floor saturday <laughs> sunday and then on monday i'm in cheshire Rokes and marks and spencers <laughs> It was worse for me. I worked in the H and M in the um in the city centre. So I'd go out. Well, I wouldn't even go out that yeah. much. But if I ever I did go out, you'd see me out on like a Friday night, yeah. Saturday morning. I'm literally looking like a zombie at H and M, just literally <laughs> praying for the time to go by so quickly. No, I just I I would literally feel sick every time I've tried to like work for other people on my way to work. I would really feel nauseous. Oh, wow. Like it felt like morning sickness. Oh god. Yeah. So I just knew that like genetically, I'm not wired to work for other people fine <laughs> so <laughs> and i i truly believe that it just doesn't work there honestly. was never a job you had and you came back to me and said oh, i'm enjoying it no never no Not i mean one. like my last official place of work when i worked at city university oh, yeah. actually that i did enjoy working with them there because it was a vibe and they were just such lovely people. But look at what you said working with them yeah more, it was more with as yeah, opposed as opposed to, to four. four. Because I didn't have, I didn't really need to see a four or person. To it, yeah. And even the person I did have to report to, she was good vibes because she kind of just left us all to it. Yeah. And there were so many staff days that we'd have nice food that it made it a bit worth it. Okay, because I know you're a foodie. <laughs> so I know you're a foodie, so that's where they'll. So get there you. has to be food in it for me. If there's food, I will be fine. And we had quite a bit of food. Um. So well, let's get to the main um meat of um. So you mad because we haven't even touched it yet, Portia. Porsche, Porsche. Oh. <laughs> Porsche. Oh, thank you, Porsche, for giving us that soundbite. Porsche Williams? Porsche. Who knew what this soundbite would come in handy for? Oh, wow. Okay, so for those who are not familiar, it would be, be very shocking for you to not know about this story. Real Housewives of Atlanta. Real Housewives of Atlanta. We're Star. talking about Porsche. Yeah. And... It was revealed earlier this week, it was? Yeah, last um, week, yeah. That Portia is now engaged yes. to her friend. We're going to put friend in inverted commas yeah, because quite she's disputing this. Yeah. To her friend's uh, estranged husband. So yeah. her friend has separated from this guy. Fallon, yeah. Fallon. Um, they have uh, announced a divorce back in Jan. Yeah. applied for divorce back in Jan. Um, and Portia's... Okay. Oh, she's with him. She's engaged. I, but I think she's pregnant. 
I think because that long flowy well. dress that she was giving us was given pregnancy. Yeah, was given pregnancy, and that smoking of the cigars between her and Dennis. No, Dennis and um, Simon. Dennis is the um, father of her first child, PJ. Her oh, only then her only child. Yeah. yeah. Well, if yeah, unless one's yeah. yeah. Um, um, Dennis and Dennis is wayward, but she clearly has a type. She clearly has a type. She likes them to have some money. Yes. She doesn't mind foremost. them not having any hair. At all. Um, At all. And I think she likes that, that rich belly stomach. She loves she that, that rotund stomach that, she likes that, it. that that tells her that you've been eating well. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Portia, I'm afraid. What's that, Monique? I'm afraid my sister don't burn too many bridges. <laughs> I'm afraid my sister don't burn too many. Because, Portia, you took it. But, I mean, do you know what's so interesting? Yeah, is that you know, I'm not, I'm probably not a fanatic like you of Hassan Atlanta, yeah. but I, I follow it quite, you know, yeah. some bit. And Portia definitely is one of my favorites. When this story came out, I find myself trying to defend her. That is what's mad for me because intellectually, I know that what she's done is fucked up right. beyond belief. Right. And Kenya does have a point on this occasion, yet. I still say fuck Kenya. Because everyone Every, hates Kenya. I can't stand Kenya more. Fuck Kenya. Um, but looking at it, I'm just like, so based to give you context, this season, which is season 13, that's just finished. We just had the reunion of um, Real, House, Real Housewives of Atlanta. The Fallon is introduced into the storyline through Portia. So we see Portia driving to Fallon's house, talking about all oh, this friend that she's made because um, her ex-husband, no, did she marry Dennis? She did, didn't she? Yeah, she, yeah, she, she yeah. married Dennis. So Portia's ex-husband, Dennis, um, who um, has a hot dog uh, business and he makes lots of money, he's friends with this other guy called Simon who has a nightclub. And Simon's wife is this girl, Fallon, or woman Fallon, who's much, much younger than he is. And so she was like, so she and Fallon became friends. And so let's go over to Fallon's house and go and chill by her pool. So the cameras follow her. She gets to Fallon's mansion and Simon is there. And Fallon's very much talking like, Yo, I'm in charge of him. I've got him well trained and da 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 da. And I think she's a Trini girl as well, isn't she? Oh, Portia, oh, I can't. Fallon, I can't lie. Yeah. Oh, Fallon. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. yeah. And she's like, I've got him well trained. The way that she was talking, like, she had this man on lock. Ooh. Only for. And the way, like, sh- everyone's vibing, everyone's cool. Um, um, Simon is just sitting there on the side, just when being very this rich black man. October-ish? Last year, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Then. So, all of that's happening, fine. So now you're telling us, in big 2021, that you went to this girl's house, met her husband, everyone was hanging around, and then now, May, you're engaged to him. And you are in that house. And you're in that house. So when you went to... My spirit, although I'm not dead, my spirit <laughs> will chase you. It, oh, oh I, don't, I don't even know where to start. I want to just quickly touch on the fact that Fallon still has his surname in her Instagram account. Oh my God. Do you know how I would want to scream? She's still Fallon Gobadia. She is still there. It's there on her Instagram. He's Nigerian. engaged to her man. Yes, he's a Nigerian man, obviously capable of this. Rich Nigerian men are enjoying in Atlanta. Let me tell you, Atlanta, you haven't been to Atlanta yet, right? Atlanta has some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like black women, just gorgeous. I can't deal. So I understand why rich Nigerian men will go and place themselves in Atlanta. I don't feel like, I mean, like, I know that women are beautiful everywhere. Cool, 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 cool. But if we're talking about the aesthetics and what people are genuinely going for in, you know, the popular culture, right? LA girls are cute, but they don't, for me, have the pizzazz or just there's something about the Atlanta girls anyway. Yeah, Atlanta girls have more energy. 
Yes. And so I understand that these men, these Nigerian men are just picking and choosing wherever you ask them where they're living. All of them are living in Atlanta. Yep. Why? Because enjoyment did, yeah. <laughs> enjoyment did. Ah. Yes. Well, How can have... you go from Fallon to Porsche? Just, just enjoyment to enjoyment. And Fallon is beautiful. Fallon is gorgeous. Fallon is beautiful. Porsche is my girl. Don't get me wrong. I love Porsche and her bum, everything. She's beautiful, but... Fallon is gorgeous. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to get both of these women. <laughs> Honestly. On a calm day, he would not. No Without money, way. if you had £10 or $10 in your account, you could never. No way are you attracting Portia. Portia went into that house. She was looking around. She looks around. She's like, she girl, like, this is nice. She was like, this is nice. She was like, okay, I'm going to change the chandeliers. <laughs> um, I'm going to get a new island for the yeah. kitchen. She oh. stroked that counter yeah. and meanwhile Fallon is there arguing with Latoya who was another new character in this season of um, Real Housewives of Atlanta and they were having a little scuffle because Latoya as usual was very disrespectful when she came into Fallon's house for Halloween and so Fallon is chasing her around her own mansion meanwhile Portia is sitting at the at, in the kitchen at that island looking around like hmm mm. so I think that what I will do is I'll move the sink over there let's go for a peach colour in the bathroom <laughs> No, Portia, what you what Portia did was bad. Very bad. Very what? bad. To come online and then be like, but we were never friends. But that's not what you said to us when you were... I know that these shows are scripted, but you introduced us to her, uh, uh, yeah, as your friend. Yes. Here's the thing, though. I think where, where she technically is correct is that... Okay, here's the thing. I actually believe that Fanning isn't her friend. I'm yeah. going to push it on her just because it's funny. Yeah. But I actually believe that Fanning wasn't her friend. But the problem is, is that you allowed or you agreed to the producers setting up because you know they, they, they always lie and say oh they, this is how they met yeah. like the producers set it up they wanted Fallon in there and they yeah. said how do we slip her in yeah yeah so they had that the only connection that they had was that you know their husbands that they were, the ex-husband of Portia and Simon, yeah. Simon were friends right? yeah so they manufactured that meeting friendship. Yeah, that, yeah. And that friendship so I truly believe that they're not friends but Portia the minute you've agreed to something like that yeah the whole world now, even even on the on when you when we're introduced to Fallon, it says Portia's friend. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Portia's friend. You've agreed to that, and you've done. Like, it's How have you so... taken my husband in six months? Haba, oh. and it's so it's just so embarrassing. Okay, here's where I want to go. I want to talk about the fact that she announced this after being with him for one month, allegedly. Because she's saying that, oh, it only happened recently, but there is a post on hers where she's on a boat and he's driving the boat. Yeah. No Megan the Stallion. <laughs> um, um, and he's driving the boat. And that was from earlier on this year. So you're lying. You wouldn't be on a boat with the, with him by yourselves if you weren't fucking. <laughs> if you weren't fucking. <laughs> if you weren't fucking. If you weren't fucking. So, no, they, so they've been together for a while, but she's only announcing it now because to announce it earlier would look very, very messy. And if she's not going to try and pull a Phaedra and change the conception date of the pregnancy, <laughs> that's just going to be wild because <laughs> Phaedra really said that baby came at six months. <laughs> All for the sake of not wanting to be married out of wedlock. Oh, sorry, giving her having a child out of wedlock. Fucking idiot. Oh, I love when women lie. I'm not going to lie to you. I love when women lie i just love it and when they're caught out i just love it Portia, though this is the thing like 
I, I, yes, I like you. I believe that they were dating for longer. Mm-hmm. However, even at the length that they were dating for, still early. Still early, yeah. Still way too early to be. So this is the thing. I when always... did you lot start texting each other? Right. When did that? When did that happen? Right. And I'm glad you said that because okay, here's my thing. Here's my problem with with affairs and cheating and all of that. When you when your best friend is sleeping with your man or doing all of the, all of that messy shit, I want to know who initiates that first inappropriate contact. Oh. How does that come about? Yeah. How did you know that it to, it was going to re, be reciprocated? Right. How like how these I'm, and this is talking coming from someone who's never had an affair. Yeah. I want to know. I want to understand. Who, yeah. Who sends that first text? Because where it's did mad. You, where, where did you get his number? Where, at what point did you kind of like see each other, or was it from that? Because yeah, I think that sometimes people go off vibes. So even when we're seeing the camera or whatever, maybe they've sent something in each other. I don't know, but. At what point did you acquire his number and then... Think it was okay. Yeah. How do I... How do I bring my friend... You brought your friend to your husband's house. I put my hands on your knee and we took a picture. Right. You brought your friend to your husband's house. The next day they are going there by themselves. Ah! Push up. I, I just... I, think I with like this one, you so much, but this one, you are a messy cow. Yes, you are I'm not going to... And you lose them how you got them. There you are. There you are. And that's and that's and this is what will happen. I don't think this is... Weirdly enough, I think in the world of entertainment, it doesn't make me, like, push her any less. Yeah. I don't actually even... I don't I don't take it that Oh, I'm deep. still going to watch um, Real Housewives of Atlanta at season 14. Yes. I'm still going to be I will right get, And I think, I think that's what they know. They should bring Nini back to deal with her. Oh, they're, 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 they're probably not. They they all know that this contract... They're probably filming right now. They know that season 14 is going Kenya to Kenya will not worse. let her rest. But look at you, Kenya. So preoccupied with Bolo, Bolo, Bolo. Bolo, 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 Bolo not realising that it was solo, solo, solo. <laughs> it was Simon the whole time. You missed it. It was you missed Simon, you were like Bolo. Bolo's who you were fucking. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Portia was like. Who said that? Because actually, it's my friend's husband. Actually, (laughs) we're gonna be technical about it all. Oh, Portia, you don't burn too many bridges. (laughs) My thing is this: I want to see how it plays out. I don't think it's gonna end well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think she is pregnant. I think she's all she's very much going to definitely going to lie about the um yeah about the time frame and at which she got pregnant. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it's gonna end well. I think it's gonna bring in loads of new viewers for Real Housewives of Atlanta season fourteen. Yeah. I think P- Portia has successfully now kind of become the face, the main character, and that's going to fucking piss Kenya off yes. because she worked so hard to get nearly the fuck out of here and you're not going to tell me because candy's not really contending with her like that no, candy's, candy's just happy candy's to be happy where to she be yeah. Where she is yeah but kenya's always wanted that space she wanted that star and girl. and then now you're telling me that Portia's the face of it Portia is the that's why she's gonna fucking stand that whole black lives matter thing that Portia was you know on because she could see how it meant that she couldn't shine the way that she wanted yeah. to shine and Portia was well i mean i, I know that was a very serious she was time. taking many knees <laughs> oh <laughs> Oh, God. Wow. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? <laughs> as much as that was a very serious time, Portia didn't realise, I guess, that that was good in helping her kind of relate to people more. Yeah. And also people who didn't watch Real House of Atlanta were seeing her... It made her way it. more likable. Yes, I mean, so I've likeable. always thought that she was all right, but it made her... Because you could see that she genuinely cared yes, about this cause. And she, yeah, and she um, started, like, learning a lot more because yes. we went from Portia, who thought that the Underground Railroad was um, a real 
um, thing, like, like a physical thing, which is interesting because that's actually how it's depicted in this Barry Jenkins series, that like it is a real physical underground railroad that yeah. takes you from place to place. But Portia didn't know that. Um, and so Kenya was always like taking the piss out of her for not knowing that. Um, but she didn't know that the underground railroad was underground. That wasn't underground. It wasn't physically a real railroad. That it was more of a way of... Um, of it was getting just, around. Yeah, it yeah. was described that way to people, like the underground, like a, the unknown or unspoken of way that, um, you know, people who were enslaved managed to get themselves out um, and to but try... it wasn't physically it underground. Wasn't, it wasn't physically underground and there was no railroad. As of today, I'm joining Portia. <laughs> oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just be honest. One person admits it, maybe more because you're talking to someone, and this is actually might be disappointing because I did study American studies. Yeah. But you're talking to someone who watched the um, underground with um, Johnny Smollett and uh, Aldous Hodge. Beautiful man. That yeah. was how it was depicted. I believed it with my heart of hearts. Even but they didn't do underground. They didn't show you underground um, um, an underground railroad either. Oh, girl, they did. Did they? Oh, they did. They just ran. They're underground. Not. They ran and they were underground. You, you could check. In the underground, I remember them like sw- swimming for some bits, ending up over on this side. But they definitely started underground. Okay, well that's fair enough. But they, but it wasn't. And there was like a the, and the, the guy showed them like there was like this like um, um it's like a moving cart. Yeah, but yeah. they use carts and things like that. But anyway, it says here, um, the Underground Railroad was a network of secret routes and safe houses established in the United States during the early to mid-19th century and used by enslaved African-Americans to primarily escape um, into free states and Canada. The scheme was assisted by um, abolitionists and other, um, others who were sympath- um, sympathetic to the cause of the escapees. The enslaved who risked escape and those who aided them are also collectively referred to as the Underground Railroad. Okay. Right. That's, that's so that's what I was system. trying to. Yes, so that's what okay. I'm trying to explain to you. So it's the unspoken, it's the unknown thing, it's the underground thing. So it wasn't physically real. But Portia's um grandfather, I think it was, was somebody who was an activist and who was just instrumental in civil rights. So the, um, Kenya was teasing her about the fact that Ken and like Portia literally thought that the Underground Railroad was a real railroad. Right. Okay. Um, but Barry Jenkins actually depicts it as, as a real a, railroad. A railroad. Yeah. Okay. okay. But I mean. Now, in this, you can see how it can be confusing for some people. <laughs> yes, I okay. definitely can. Okay. I, I definitely can. But what I'm saying is that from what we saw from um, Portia this past season, we saw her grow. Yes. From a person who didn't know that the Underground Railroad wasn't a physical thing the to the point to where she, she was she was getting herself arrested. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was no I, getting arrested for the cause, and I really and I and I rated that. And she tried to keep herself um, knowledgeable on politics and like what was happening in the state of Georgia, Georgia. Um, so I I I really liked that for her. So when this now came out, I was like, oh, uh oh, oh oh. I'm very. I I just don't think it's going to end well. I'm very keen to see how it's going to develop and yeah and manifest. But I just oh, I'm 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 worried for Portia a little bit yeah i think she'll be fine um, it's just a bit it's just a bit like you gotta choose them better because now you're going to take this one to the therapy room to to talk through this is going to be a big one and you'll be just as clueless as dennis because dennis genuinely did not know what he had done wrong by fucking out on you while you were pregnant and and all the times after he just 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 genuinely didn't see why you couldn't let it go you know and that's weird dennis was cheating on her yeah yeah many times um so yeah that's that um but yeah let's the Porsche, final Porsche, sorry just mm-hmm. i was just gonna say Porsche is definitely 
this is going to be one to watch. This might be something, just so you know, guys, this might be something you might be hearing about every two weeks. Yeah, I'm keeping updated. Yeah, I'm waiting for that pregnancy reveal, like you said. And yeah, then yeah. We'll come, we'll come back to this story. Because people still have this thing, like, I don't want to announce the pregnancy unless I'm engaged or, you know, I'm, because then for some way, not the fact that, you know, you were fucking somebody else's man, this will make it more respectable yeah. for you to have an engagement ring and to be going from then. There's nothing Porsche can do right now that will make this more respectable. Nothing, so, nothing. That girl don't want um but yeah when now um people are bringing up all of her stuff she better be ready so anyway the last um um story for so you mad this week bill gates met with jeffrey epstein 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 many times despite his past it's, this story is interesting to me because um, we're seeing that Melinda Gates is starting to kind of distance herself from him because they announced you. We talked about the divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the, divor- the, the divorce and the fact that um, she's now saying that that's why she... Well, she said that when she found out that they had been hanging around together, um, that's why she asked for the divorce in 2019. Oh, wait, wait. Did she, they got divorced in 2019? No, because you know you have to be separated for two years or something before the divorce is finalised. Really? That's what they were saying. I don't know. But anyway, she's saying that she started looking into getting a divorce. Um, she started looking into getting a divorce from 2019 when she found out that he'd been hanging around um, with Jeffrey Epstein. Wow. Okay. Convenient. Right. So to me, it's just all getting very, very sticky because rich people don't have to share their business with us like we already all of us already know this like rich people do not have to tell us anything that's going on with their life but the reason i feel like there's a reason that melinda is letting us know this now and i feel like it's because something's going to come out that's wild about bill and she wants to separate herself from it quick time like she does not want to be involved um at all um i'm bringing up the article now because yeah to me it's just it's just very very wild um, it says here, Bill Gates' meetings with Jeffrey Epstein um, are apparently a sore spot for Melinda. Melinda reportedly met with divorce lawyers in 2019 after a report of her husband's connection to the convicted sex offender surfaced. It says here, um, Epstein is definitely a sore spot for Melinda, a source confided to people. Um, that's a long time for issues to fester. They added that anything involving Epstein was a major trauma for Melinda and that she was totally opposed to what she considered shady dealings and some other issues he wanted to pursue in the business area. Yes, Melinda. What business? But she's trying it. When white women come out like this, fuck off, because you can't tell me that you weren't aware. You're saying that shady dealings and rare, 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 rare. You're trying to distance yourself from it now because you know that it's going to come out one way or another. Ghislaine Maxwell is singing like fucking mariah carey wherever they've got her hold up in right now she's not trying to get sentenced to fucking life in prison she so she's going to negotiate something so she's going to give some names like you lot managed to um kill off i'm not saying you as in the gates but they managed to kill off um jeffrey um and for, you know position it as like suicide or whatever that's what i believe anyway I believe so they yeah so well. they've managed to do that but you haven't got galen um, or Ghislaine or whatever you call them, but I think it's Ghislaine Maxwell. You haven't managed to get her, so that means that she's going to talk. And so names are naming, you know, names are being named, and clearly one of the names that's come up for them to be doing this whole publicist thing is like, why would you, after announcing your divorce, need to really take yourself to an island? Why? 
Because you knew the divorce was coming. Stop pretending. I mean, this makes me... I mean, the concern is, is that how involved was Bill and Jeff? Because if to me, if that's it, this is where we're going with it, right? Yeah. How involved were you? Because if I now feel the need to divorce you before because this thing, that, because this thing, before this thing comes out, that means that, that means I'm likely to testify. Because I would stay with you, so I have so the option have to, to not to testify. testify. Yeah. But if I'm coming out the marriage at a time that I could possibly need to testify, that means, whew. I just, I don't know. Yes, I'm sure wives know way more than most people do, but I can't imagine Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein having this big relationship and us not finding out about it beforehand or when the whole thing blew up. Because, you know, I don't know if you remember... No, when because the he kept distancing up. himself. He kept saying that, they, they, that they'd only met once. It's only when they went and find, found, like, flight manifestos that he tried to be kept off that they saw that actually they met quite a few times. Okay. Yeah. And also, in the initial stages, he was trying to get people from his um, foundation to look at philanthropic um, projects that he could do with Epstein. Um, that's what I'm seeing on um, here anyway. That, But it's, let me read it to you because this is the part that's mad. It says here... Um, um, in October 2019, two months after Epstein was found dead in his Manhattan jail cell while awaiting trial on federal sex trafficking and conspiracy charges, the New York Times released a report revealing that his relationship with the Microsoft co-founder was slightly more involved than Gates previously acknowledged. In September of that year, Gates had admitted to the Wall Street Journal to having met with Epstein, but added that he didn't have any business relationship or friendship with him. The Times article revealed, however, that the pair had numerous meetings over the course of a few years including multiple meetings at Epstein's New York mansion all of them after the financier was already a convicted sex offender okay. a spokesperson for the philanthropist told the paper at the time Bill Gates regrets ever meeting with um, Epstein and recognizes it was an error in judgment to do so but you're a fucking liar because by this point when they first met in 2011 Epstein had just literally just come out of jail for sex traffic or um, soliciting sex from um, an underage person. So he'd literally just come out of jail for that. You knew that and you still pursued a friendship with him and you went to his, um, his mansion numerous times. So that already tells me that you're fucked. Yeah. And you have an organisation where you have access to lots of young girls. Bill Gates. Bill Gates is involved. <laughs> he, he has some blood on his hands. Well, you know I that somebody... we're finding that this out now, you, though. But because the, they have lots of money to keep it out of and things like that mm. and you'll, you'll keep silencing people who try to speak out about it but for me it's just the fact that you know that he's a, he's a known sex offender and then you want to go into philanthropy with him you want to start set up an organization with him what would the organization be doing would they also be going to africa because to me it's starting to sound a lot like sex trafficking on called by a different name yeah. it's sounding very very odd I don't. I would not see myself wanting to set up a charity with somebody that I know has already been convicted of That's really wild, wild crimes. Yeah, that is problematic. And is. he tries. He doesn't try just once. In this article, it says that he tries a few times to to sort out how they can make this thing happen. Why? How so, many people can you work with? Right. Um. So. Yeah, it, this goes on to talk about like the, um, but I was just, I had to go and do my research and really, really read into it. And I was just like, wow, this is really, really, really fucked. Like it's, in, it's, it's extremely fucked, but we will see what comes out about him. But I would say for everybody, like, just don't be shocked when, you know, we, it comes out, boy, 
because it all seems very very messy and it's like we were saying about line of duty like how high does the corruption go mm-hmm. this is the second richest man in the world and actually i think even some of the questions i'm even asking don't even make sense because if we can have prince andrew in a picture <laughs> with a 13 was it 13 to 15 15 year old yeah. girl with mm-hmm. his hand over her and say shoulder and say he doesn't remember we have this guy in the public eye and she's saying to us exactly blow by blow what happened <sighs> anything yeah, that, 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 oh, crap. that anything can happen yeah any any like literally any of anything can happen especially like with you know the rich people literally hiding in plain sight and literally literally it's it, it sickens me it truly truly sickens me but it's like they met a few times and you know he um went over to his mansion and like um the former miss it was at sweden or whatever was there and oh god 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 and to look at all of them in a picture together because i see them in a picture here together as well oh, that's epstein and bill gates just right there right there but you're saying that you you know didn't know that much about him you went to his and that from that lie i know that whatever comes out about you is true yes because you've already said the president that you're a liar boy 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 that's Um, why people fuck themselves don't never lie on first contact don't (laughs) tell a lie once you tell that one lie just keep it vague as fuck you didn't keep it vague you said oh and you know we weren't friends like that so you're not friends with someone but you went to their their mansion and you know how white men talk they get really into the nitty-gritty yeah and you went on his plane you went on his private jet and you said that you you didn't you weren't aware that you it was his private jet but from when you left your private jet at home i would think that you'd make it your business to know know the private jet you're you're getting into right no he says um beginning 2011 mr gates met with mr epstein on numerous occasions including at least at least three times at mr epstein's um epstein's palatial manhattan townhouse and at least once staying late into the night according to interviews with more than a dozen people familiar with the relationship there were women there then (laughs) oh can you see how they drip feet oh Mm. hmm as well as documents reviewed by the New York Times. That means Ghislaine has told you where the bodies are buried. Yes. Like, she's told you where to go to go and get the information that you everything. require. Um, employees at Mr. Gates Foundation also paid multiple visits to Mr. Epstein's mansion, and Mr. Epstein spoke with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and J.P. Morgan Chase about a proposed multi-billion dollar charitable fund, an arrangement that had the potential to generate enormous fees for Mr. Epstein. So he also wanted to charge commission okay. on top of a charitable endeavour. Um yeah um his lifestyle is very different and kind of intriguing although it would not work for me mr gates emailed colleagues in 2011 after his first get together with mr epstein he said that he's not referring to anything untoward here but you said that his lifestyle is not for you and then you continue to go and meet him you continue to go and meet him after the fact fact. it's just (laughs) mad that i know that he's rich enough to afford lawyers to just to make it go away. Make it go away. And they can't make it go away. Make it go away or lessen the impact, really. And that's what they're trying to do. But the fact that Melinda is now distancing herself, I think that there's only so much that the lawyers could have done because they've no. clearly got something that he can't refute. Mm-hmm. And he might need to go and stay on his private island near Tanzania permanently. I was even saying in the last episode, I don't know why you brought up Tanzania. <laughs> I was even saying in the last episode, right, that why you're both rich what are you breaking up for what yeah. could potent, what could possibly what could make you want to, i asked that didn't i yeah. i said what could possibly make you want to get a divorce this this yes yeah definitely definitely yeah. 
So yeah. And she wants to, I think, be able to salvage the foundation, the charity that they've got. She wants to be able to salvage that. And so she would need to distance herself and be like, because you, like I keep saying, like rich people don't give us information like this. No. Like, oh, I'm distancing myself. They would never let this kind of information just run no. riot online. It's for, a wherever. it's for a reason. So she's trying to make sure that her image stays intact. Whatever is about to happen to you, my G, that's on you. It needs to just be you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably the same thing that Weinstein did or um, his wife. What she did as well, started distancing herself from the thing and being like, I don't know anything about that. So now she can carry on with her social events, yep. doing what she's Nobody's doing. Nobody mentions her. I know they don't mention her. They keep her out of it and they just focus on him. So she's trying to run the same kind of play, I guess. But yeah, that's that for So You Mad. Anyway, let's big up um, this week's show sponsors, the second show sponsors who are Skillshare. So big up um, Skillshare, who are also sponsoring this week's episode um yeah just witness your own transformation as you turn small steps into giant leaps skillshare makes that possible for you finding your identity creatively all of those things there are so many courses that you can do so many classes that you can take like go and get your life um skillshare if you don't know is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning with just so much to explore real projects to create and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. So like there are lots of classes that you can take. I see that you can do um, this uh, class called um, Find Your Style, Five Exercises to Unlock Your Creative Identity. And that's taught by Andy J. Pizza. <laughs> Interesting name. Um, but yeah, like I feel like if you were to take a course like that, you'd know what your identity is and you're not constantly trying to like, um buy off other people i mean obviously we take you know we are inspired by people and that but it'll help you find out what it is that makes you tick and then you can be consistent with it um practice makes progress and um, advancing towards a goal is achievable with short lessons and hands-on projects there's nothing better than getting better so accomplishing growth is extremely satisfying when you do it with skillshare do something today that you couldn't do yesterday with classes designed for real life skillshare is also incredible um incredibly affordable especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops and maybe you just don't want to physically be around other people right now you're easing yourself into it an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity at skillshare.com. That's S-K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash straws. That's skillshare.com forward slash straws and get a free trial of premium membership. So head over to skillshare.com forward slash straws and go and get your creativity on now for the uh, last part of the show so um well, so you mad <laughs> straw oh, of the week i was gonna say suck your mum. yeah okay <laughs> suck your mum. straw of the week aka suck your mum. all right so let's get into it for me clearly we're gonna have to talk about palestine and what's being done and i think that my first straw kind of goes out to the people who for some reason and it seems to be a lot of south asian people specifically who keep targeting black people and being like oh you said so much about black lives matter why aren't you saying something about palestine but the thing is if you go and search that which somebody did do you go and search these people's um, handles with um, Black Lives Matter or George Floyd or whatever, Breonna Taylor, you don't see anything come up. So you motherfucker, you didn't even talk about Black Lives Matter. So why are you here? The energy that you didn't use to talk about Black Lives Matter that you're using to message me or tweet at me now, why didn't you use it to just continue talking about Palestine? Right. 
but then just bringing up black people's trauma anyhow. Anyhow. Anyhow and wherever you like, however you feel, and then using it to compare about something and injustice uh, elsewhere. And I just, I never get that part of it because it's like if you truly understood how painful those black traumas are you would never be able to bring them up in that way but you would if you're just a hateful person like you actually don't care about any causes you don't care about the palestinians you don't care about black people you don't care about black palestinians you don't care about black jews you don't care about any of that you don't care about anyone you just want to get your um, your your hits your your high off talking shit towards black people and antagonizing them that's literally the only reason that you're there and it fucking makes you fume the black people could globally um, um, mobilize in such a way to have all of the marches that happened around the world and for other people to join in as well and show support. Now, we could talk about that performative support because there were some people that were just being fucking performative. Is that what you want for Palestine? You want performative, um, you know, allyship? Because that's not what they need. They need actual, mm-hmm. tangible things to be done because this is like settler colonialism and this is like terrible and this is not me um in any way supporting um what hamas are doing as an organization or anything like that but we've got to be able to call something what it is and um, and again i have to stress that you can talk about what um is being done by israel to the um, palestinians you can talk about that without being anti-semitic because the people don't the people who live there who are just trying to have a home who are just trying to figure out something for themselves i feel like they exist within a larger narrative a larger context of just um white imperialism and and people follow along you know it's the same way that sometimes when i'm talking about the things that happened and the settler colonialism that brought about south south africa i'm not necessarily going to go and beef individual white south africans but i can tell you that what was done in your name is absolutely fucked absolutely fucked right and and if you don't realize that it's fucked then me and you then personally have a problem but i don't have a problem with you off the bat right and so i think that this is what's important when you're when we're having these conversations because you're seeing people like gal gadot and people tweeting about oh you know our neighbors what do you mean neighbors when you took the land like the land was taken what do you mean our neighbors and oh the impact of what's going wrong and what's happening right now is affecting you know everybody but yeah but palestinian children are being killed like so what are you talking about and then um i think boris johnson's um boris johnson posted a tweet where he was saying something like oh the violence must stop with what's happening in israel what do you mean the violence must stop when you are sending them you're sending them the arms you're sending them the artillery are you a fucking idiot but you know this so that means that all of this is a performance so again another it seems like there can't be a week that goes by without me telling you boris johnson to suck your mother dry you fuzzy haired scrotum of satan it's just wild that you think that this is okay like it just i can't believe it i just can't believe that you can send a tweet with no irony whatsoever and basically be like there were there are fine people on both sides no no like people's homes are being raised to the ground and it's the way that the kind of conversation it's not the first time that we've seen this kind of conversation happen where people are talking about they're they're bombing people's homes killing people killing children and then going oh but you know we're going after terrorists okay but you're killing children you're killing people that had nothing to do with what's going on right now 
and it's like oh well you know then that's just okay it's not okay it's never it's never okay and yeah i just i just fucking hate it i hate that this is happening and i think that yeah like there are de there are conversations that we should be um having and lots more people need to be make sure that they're well versed in what they're talking about so they're not spouting things that um that's rhetoric that's actually rather harmful but it's very very simple as far as i'm concerned where i'm standing motherfucking free palestine okay do it do it because all the all the things that's happening right now i know like the for, for israel to exist as it does powerful countries have to get together and be like yes that land over there go through my g and do what you need to do and they were supporting it and supporting it and then also providing the artillery artillery to make sure that you could maintain power over the people that were already there and yeah it's just it's just wild the people that are caught in the very fine kind of um intersections of this um discussion like i said um you know palestinians just off the bat black palestinians are part of that conversation as well for the anti-blackness that they're facing and also black jews not knowing really where they sit in um everything um that's happening but to make it out like this is a muslim jewish issue that's also a lie that's also a lie and very sick very very sick very sick it's also a lie because it's not a case of oh it's religions that are arguing or is there that they're arguing over religion no let's talk about what's really being done that people are being displaced from there from the land that they've known that is part of the problem and it's not like oh we're trying to live together it's like no we're gonna push you and push you and push you and push you to this place and um yeah you know i'm still making sure that i don't speak out of turn and i'm and i'm learning as much as i can but i've always thought it really really odd and i've tweeted um in um, you know various forms about it over the years about the fact that it's just horrendous and heartbreaking what's happening to the palestinians and the fact that people think it's okay but it's because um literally the 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 superpowers in terms of countries that we have are all colonizers themselves so they of course they would see no problem with that and they would support more colonization um yeah it's it's really it's really really it's really really fucked and i think as many of us as that can should speak up about it but a special straw goes out to the people that don't engage with the breadth of my work like clearly if you're listening to this podcast you already know what i'm about but people were like dming me on instagram haven't watched my stories mind you because i haven't posted anything on my main grid rarely post things on my main grid um Kelechi, when are you going to speak about what's happening to the um to what's happening in palestine it's really um terrible and we need as many voices as possible fuck you suck your mum you fucking prick suck your mum you fucking prick because i stay speaking i never stop speaking really in Period. fact my mouth should take a rest my lips are dry because of it i'm always speaking about the things you don't engage with my work enough but you have a quick scroll through my page you see people congratulating me about my bafta membership and you're like oh she hasn't posted anything about palestine let me send her a message now i know it's that a couple nudges right instead of you to go and slow wine on the knife like i told you in the instagram Ooh. stories you fucking enemy of progress you prick like it's also like how much capacity do you think that i have as an individual for the sake of transparency transparency is killing my people for the drink the sake of transparency do you know that i literally do everything myself now yes okay i finally got a pa but even then i'm very very cautious about how much work i'm giving my pa um to assist me with because i'm very i like to know what's happening at any one time and it takes me a while to kind of ease into that 
ease into that process. Everything I do from myself, from the running of the studio to, um, you know, sorting out the podcast and doing this and doing that. And like, there's so much that I have to do. You don't, you do not consider my mental health, but then you'll come and open your stupid long neck, that throat of yours, that scraggly, draggly throat. You come and open it talking about, <laughs> oh, when are you going to speak about this? Motherfuck you, speak, you speak about it. You speak about I mean, it. Just like you said, you go on their page and there's nothing That's there. Nothing. And my thing is that, like, it's this. It's like, it's different when the celebs come out and say something because here's the thing. The celebs have 25 people around them. Yes. Consultants. All right, yeah. cool, say this, add this, say this, add that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like you said, you do everything yourself. So everything you're saying is off the back of your own research. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's off the back of your own knowledge. Yeah. So people should people should really take time. Yeah with it like you know and my thing is that you don't want everyone talking about something you want the right people talking about it. because yes. if you have everyone talking about something it'll be too many arguments nobody and knows of- their leg from their anus everyone's just talking and no, right. no, nobody knows what they're talking about and for me like i don't like i posted in my stories from what i what i want to share with people that i think that will educate people i'm there posting the amount of causes that i'm out here giving to as well like i just stay on it i just stay on it as much as possible making sure that i'm supporting the team in any way possible you want performative allyship you want someone to be screaming up and down that's not me that is not me i do what needs to be done and i gather my facts and then i deliver the thing and i actually reach more people in my insta stories than i would on my grid right which is why i post most things to my insta stories and lots of people have said that that's where they get their news from that for them it feels like a daily tv show that i provide for them (laughs) and you know so i do that and also i've got the podcast where i know that also i reach more people and i can add more context and nuance so that's where i choose my platforms it's not you you stupid motherfucker that's going to come and tell me where i should be doing those things and then they went and created another fake account tweeted and messaged me again about i'm so disappointed in you um as a black muslim african and me and my friends are unfollowing unfollow each other to hell unfollow each other to hell the seventh hottest pit in hell is where you should follow each other you fucking idiot it's not me that you're going to come and use and use and use but like i said in my insta stories it's never you lot that will come and say kelechi here's a g-wagon kelechi here's a care package kelechi here's um you know a a voucher for china tang none of you will be there also thank you thank you for my afternoon tea oblix thank you very lovely of you um but it's never you lot that will be coming to come and tell me, Kelechi, here's your J.W. Andersons. No, no, but you'll be the one to come and if you don't go and suck your mother, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's the hang <laughs> It's the hang for me. But honestly, you know, it's such a heavy subject. It it's is. not a laughing matter. Like what's happening in Palestine is fucking horrendous. And... It's just like we all have to take time and the and have the energy to make sure that we are speaking and we're supporting in the best ways that we can to help what's happening here. I noticed that Lewis Hamilton, he posted in his stories the other day, he was just like, oh, um, the reason I haven't said anything about um, Palestine is because I simply do not know enough about it and I would right. rather educate myself and to make sure that I don't speak out of turn. Um, but, you know, I hate any injustice happening in the world and i feel it you know he's very much love and light good vibes only like i feel it for the whole world and i respected that so much and i just can't imagine how many people are messaging him like why haven't you said anything and other celebrities like why haven't you said anything do you want it's like what you said before do you want this person to speak 
when they don't know what they're speaking about? Yes, I just, I or do you want them to rush to speak when they don't know what they're speaking about? Right. I never, I, I've never gotten that aspect of like speaking out, you know, especially on social media. I think we spoke about it, you know, in, mm. in, in, at length and um, when it was about the Beyonce and the SARS thing. Yeah. Like, there are certain voices you should not want to talk about certain things. Yeah. I'm sorry. They yeah. are good for certain things and there is nothing wrong with that. Mm. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think it's more performative to reach out at uh, these people that you've just recently seen in the press. Yeah, yeah. You know because I mean? there's celebs that are, there's quite, there's thousands of celebs, you know, yeah. but we only go to the ones that we've recently we've seen in the yeah, press yeah. and say, oh, why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about that? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, look, I feel like everyone should be talking about it, but if you, if everyone just put that energy into talking about it themselves as opposed to reaching out to the different people to raise awareness, then I think we would raise a lot of awareness. And when it comes to the Palestine thing, or when it, rather when it comes to what's happening in Palestine, yeah. um, I think it's one of those things where it's like, we all see it for ourselves, just how horrific yeah. this thing is. I think the problem is, is desensitization. Jesus Christ, that... And mis- misrepresentation down. in the media. Yes. yes. The fact that That's I fooled can... us all for years. Yes. Yeah. The fact that I can see a video... I'll be honest, I can see a video of... Uh, they're bombing towers oh. or you know children are screaming and i look at it for like two minutes like oh my god this is absolutely terrible but the fact that i can scroll past off yeah that is where the problem is yeah. you know i mean none of us should be able to physically scroll past yeah something like that but there's just so much of it and it's just so confusing and it's just so like and how much can you do that's that's literally where i'm at we're talking about this being mental health awareness month and all of that stuff like nobody knows how some days i could just be on the brink of it all where i'm just like i don't know how i won can help with just how terrible the world is at times like it truly gets me down to the point where i just don't want to get out of bed but then i come out and i make this podcast because i'm just like if i can contribute something in some way let me just do that but it can be so overwhelming at times Mm -hmm. which is why it's so upsetting when people are just on your case like when are you going to speak about this and collection have you seen this like my dms are constantly people sending me unsolicited videos of, oh, look at what's happening here. Are you going to repost it? Are you going to speak about it? Even though I've said so many times, like, stop posting those things to me. Like, you can email it to me and I'll open it in my own time when I have the mental space to be able to deal with it. But people don't care. They feel like you are their property and you should be speaking about things all the time. But they'll be the same ones that'll turn around and go, oh, your page is just too heavy. I like to go to more mm-hmm. lighthearted pages mm-hmm. after they've ruined your page. Yes. And suggested everything that I should be on. <laughs> You know what? You can use those suggestions on your page. Yes. Use them on your page. But, you know, I do think that celebrities are in that position and they, um, and they have a responsibility to um, use their platforms when they can to raise awareness. But at the same time, if they do, they're not well versed in that thing. You have to give them the time to at least know what the fuck they're talking about yes. before they start harping on about if it. If they were talking about it, if they were banging on about it oh, two weeks before and now all of a sudden they're silent fine yeah fine yeah. go at them that's yeah. like that yeah. you have nothing to say yeah but again you want the right people saying the right things yeah there you are yeah but then that's basically it for this week love goes out to palestine like free palestine man yes. um and any way that we can help um share you know any resources that you have any links that you want um you know shared on um 
uh, the Set Your Mind page um, that would help with um, the Palestinian cause, like you can email it to me at symatkelechiokafor.com. You can send your letters there too to symatkelechiokafor.com. For those who are asking about one-to-one readings, I'm posting as I go along in terms of my availability so you can um, make sure that you're following the social media pages basically and you'll see when I have a slot available because I'll announce it, but I'm not going to be in inboxes arranging one-to-ones like that. That's not me. I hate interacting in that way. But um, yeah, I will I will post about that. You can support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash for and you can find me on at Kalechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod. You can find me on Twitter and Insta at CDKJN. And that's it for this week of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mom. See you later. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sipping yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.